Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. Ace Podcast. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's program, we're analyzing just how big The Last Jedi can be. Can Netflix follow HBO's lead? Holiday gift ideas and books? And what is the future of PlayStation? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from pop culture cosmos and game source. We truly appreciate you coming back to us and, listening to our humble little show once again. On the way, we've got The Cosmic Crossfire with Rob McCallum. He and I are going to be talking some Netflix and a story that came out recently which has me really scratching my head. You'll understand what I mean a little bit later in the show. Plus also as well, the ladies from the Wine, Women, and Words podcast. It is Diana Tierney and Michelle Levis. They're stopping by to give us some great holiday gift ideas in the realm of books. Plus, also, Josh and I are going to ponder our thoughts on the future of PlayStation on, well, actually, the weekend that just passed of the PlayStation experience. We're going to talk a little bit about where the direction is heading for that awesome console company. But first, Josh, it's this week, and this is actually going to be our last episode before it finally comes out. It is the thing that pop culture seems to always center itself around, and that is Star Wars. As The Last Jedi actually hits theaters at the end of this week, starting on Thursday. So I ask you, Josh, The Last Jedi, it hits theaters this weekend. It has a big challenge ahead as far as trying to outdo or even catch up to what The Force Awakens did box office-wise. Do you see that happening, or do you see it falling just a little bit shy? I see it happening for sure. I, you know, you, you're talking about the you know, people have been watching the, the the feedback, and they were smart in the last movie. They were smart by saving Luke Skywalker to the very end, and now they have something to bring people back to see the new one. And from what I understand from the headlines I've been reading, Mark Hamill actually delivers a very, very powerful performance in this this Star Wars and you know the epi- the last episode uh, episode seven closed off the story of Han Solo and now in episode eight we're we're finding the they're dealing with the repercussions of what happened and now they're opening or closing the book on Luke Skywalker and what he's been up to so uh, they're being very smart about what they're doing with their stories where it's going how they're going to keep bringing new fans into the franchise as well as pull the old ones string them along back into this big universe and I I do think that it will it'll probably do better than Force Awakens you know, over its uh, its time in theaters. And what that shows is that 
Star Wars still has a lot of life in it, but the question from here is, will it last past episode nine, or is it going to be something that people are just going to get tired of? That is my concern as well, as we've spoken about on numerous occasions where we hopefully, well, I'm hoping anyways, that the Star Wars universe branches off into whatever universe Rian Johnson wants to head into, but also as well maintaining that Skywalker timeline, because I don't want to just see it end at Episode Nine unless there's a really darn good ending, and I'm not sure if if you can create something that's going to end with a finality strong enough to just close it off at nine episodes at this point. I think you, you still have to continue that timeline, even though Ray Daisy Ridley has said she's not going to be on the series after episode nine, which is kind of disappointing. So they're going to have to delve into another aspect of that universe. I'm hoping they will, but I'm not a hundred percent sold that they actually will. And they're just going to go all in on what Rian Johnson has in mind. But the last Jedi there's definitely a lot of good vibes for it, I think, with Luke appearing and Carrie Fisher, because it is her last performance. That definitely could be something that could get audiences in. It will be the last time that they see Carrie Fisher on screen, so that also will unfortunately drive in audiences as well. And I say unfortunately only because of the fact that she did not get a chance to be around for an episode nine, what have you, if that was their original plan. So she you know was able to create that iconic character which disney now is the benefactor of and and definitely the star wars universe has been made all the better by her performances over the years so she will truly be missed and she's truly a valued part of the star wars franchise forever going forward i want to ask you now that the last jedi we're both contemplating that it could be passing what the force awakens does worldwide I think it will because I think it will start to reach audiences where The Force Awakens was just starting to break into. And I'm talking about China primarily, but also Asia as a whole, which has yet to really embrace Star Wars 100%. So I see that happening if it's actually a very good film to follow. Or do you see that way? Or or could there be another avenue that The Last Jedi has to make that kind of cash similar to what Star Wars The Force Awakens did? China, they're experiencing it now how people experienced it back in the 80s. And it's it's kind of an exciting time for them. But yeah, I mean, I, I would hope that it would do well because, you know, American movies, especially science fiction ones, seem to do very well over in China. And Star Wars is one, it's, it's episodic. And I don't, you know, I don't know how much like foreign films you watch, but a lot of their movies are very episodic too. They like that kind of thing. So it helps tell a, a fuller story in my opinion. But yeah, it's, I, I can see it doing really well because where Force Awakens had, you know, nostalgia on its side is uh, the first Star Wars we'd seen in so long. This, the Star Wars coming out has, it has momentum on its side. It's carrying the aftermath of the last movie into a story arc in the new movie that features a character that we've been dying to know what happened to. I couldn't agree with you more. I think it there is that momentum. People seem to, well, okay, a lot of people said it was just a retread of the Star Wars franchise, but to me, I think it garnered a new audience which had been untapped and it's now excited for episode eight. Plus, it was still good enough, despite what people say, it was still good enough that it's still going to draw in that same audience which it has always drawn upon 
And obviously those who, who watched episode seven, I think are going to also jump into episode eight. So I think that that leaves a lot of, of room for expansion and growth, even out of franchise as well-versed and as, as established as the Star Wars franchise. I think there's still a lot of room to grow. I think Lucasfilm and Disney realizes that. So that's why they're branching out with these anthology one-off stories. They're also talking about Rian Johnson and his new trilogy of films. And and like I said, if, if they continue the, the Skywalker saga, that would be awesome as well. So definitely there's a lot of room to grow in the Star Wars universe. I'm hoping that they'll just continue to provide quality material. They don't have to go over the top and they don't have to try and recreate The Empire Strikes Back because if they're just going to try and do whatever they can to do that, then that's where they'll go wrong because it's so hard to recreate that level of greatness when it comes to filmmaking and cinema. If they try to just go ahead and, and just try to make the best story that they can out of the characters they have, they're going to be able to satisfy audiences for years to come with The Last Jedi and Episode Nine going forward. What are your thoughts on The Last Jedi? Do you think it's going to be just as big of a hit as The Force Awakens? Or do you think it's going to be even more or even less? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook as well. Josh and I recently appeared on the Mildly Disturbing podcast. And no, we weren't mildly disturbed at all. We actually had a great time with Robert Richards. You definitely want to check out that podcast where we talked about a range of topics, including Bitcoin, Elon Musk, and a whole lot more. Once again, that's the Mildly Disturbing podcast. You want to check that out. Definitely would appreciate it. And I know he would too as well, because it was actually a great conversation that we both had with him. Definitely think you'll enjoy that. Plus also as well, by 1214, remember by December 14th, we're so fortunate to be a nominee of the Discover Pods Awards in the Society and Culture Podcast category. If you get a chance, go to discoverpods.com. You're going to see a link right there to vote on the nominees. You only have to vote in two others, but there's 140 great podcasts that are there that you can choose on in different categories. So we are in the Society and Culture Podcast, and if you do give us a vote, we would truly appreciate it, and it does help us out very much so. It gets us hopefully that kind of notoriety that uh, we hope that we can get and take that momentum like well josh said it himself momentum you can take that momentum and you go forward and you who knows what can happen as far as for our show is concerned so definitely if you get a chance discoverpods.com society and culture podcast and we truly appreciate it so once again it's going to be a great podcast i've got rob mccallum standing by in the cosmic crossfire he and i are going to be talking a lot about netflix and what's going on there and where direction that they need to go in plus also as well a news item which he uncovered which he came across that let's just say it has a very big head on it so but also as well, we've got the Wyman Awards, Diana and Michelle, they're going to share their ideas on holiday gift ideas in the realm of books. And then we're on the back end talking the future of PlayStation. But first, we've got our old friend, Chad. He's back from Hyperschmidt. Which song am I playing today? Ooh, yeah. Let's, I think Find You is a good one. Okay. All right. All right. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. This is our good friend, Chad, and this is Hyperschmidt, and he wants to play Find You. We're going to play Find You. And this is the Pop Culture Cosmos. I needed the truth. I'm looking for you. I'm waiting for you. 
Listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games.
and we're back with another edition of the Cosmic Crossfire. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture, Cosmos, and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. We're here talking some great stuff right now from the man with the legend behind robmccallumfilms.com. You want to check out all of his great projects. Before I jump into this week's topics, I will say that I did get some exciting news about the Kitty documentary, Kitty Origins and Evolutions as well. It's going to be sold as a, as a three-disc pack in a CD case format, and it'll probably sold, be sold in the music section, which might be a little bit more fitting for that particular release. It'll come with a DVD and Blu-ray of the film, plus a, a brand new live album made up of various uh, concerts and different sessions from the last 20 years, which is pretty cool. Once I can share more details, you can just check out robincallumfilms.com. We'll have more information up there. So what, pray tell, is on your mind in pop culture? Speaking of distribution, there was a big Netflix uh, news talk, and there was three big points that came across there. Those three big points from Uncle Ted, as I like to call him, was Netflix is going to reach a 50-50 split between licensed and original content by 2019. They completely downplayed Disney's streaming plans. And live sports are not going to be a part of Netflix's platform desires. So that conjured a question in my mind, Gerald. What is more important for Netflix to focus on? Original content, worrying about their competitors, or exploring new kinds of content? At least for the foreseeable future, for them, they're just going to go with what has brought them to the table, and that's original content. Because Stranger Things, uh, Orange is the New Black, and... All that, that is something that has garnered them a lot of acclaim and a lot of fans. The Adam Sandler movies that went straight to Netflix. Uh, you know, the whole nine yards that they've brought as original programming has gotten them a value concept in consumers' minds. Now, once the Disney streaming service comes out, that's a whole new ballgame. They're going to be providing things that Netflix cannot compete with. I know the other day that Netflix just showed a video about a new sci-fi series that they're developing, which is definitely very intriguing, but it, they need more of those great outside-the-box ideas in order to go ahead and still continue their status as one of the premier streaming services around. Now, I do think as well that going outside of the box is something that they will need to look at, but in the near future, I don't think they'll have to do it quite yet. Once a Disney streaming service takes hold, I think they are going to have to look at any available option that they can get to get more people to watch what they've got. Yeah, so your, your, uh, your short-term forecast is keep putting their money and their resources into original content. And then you're suggesting once Disney streaming services launches to do more of that or, or what? I think they should go and look to outside sources and, and acquire like, either acquire so outside go, go sources back to like licenses. Yeah, or or licenses or sports or, or something because remember Disney when it comes out that streaming service, if they wanted to go do that route, they could go through all their ESPN stuff, ABC, obviously all their Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, possibly even the Fox stuff, you know, that, that may even come to fruition because the latest rumors has uh, them close to the acquisition and the leader right now in the race to buy 21st Century Fox. So you, you could have all that stuff as well. So that will be a complete network once it goes on the air. And once it really gains attraction and gains a foothold with an audience, 
that's going to be tough to beat. And in order to try and compete with them, they're going to probably try and have to reach to things outside of just their original programming when that hits. I think the thing that Netflix needs to do the most, and, and more than anything else, is I think they need to come up with an identity for themselves. When you start getting a 50-50 content split between licensing stuff that other people have made and creating your own, you have to start saying what kind of content and what kind of platform you are. And it, it's, it's only really kind of been floating in my mind the last three or four months that nobody knows what Netflix is aside from the service that it provides. It is a destination to go and watch a bunch of stuff, but people talk about the amount of time it takes to find something and, and why they want to have uh, Netflix versus Amazon is a question that comes up all the time, or Hulu. It's just another streaming service. But the second that Netflix gets an identity, then they'll have a much more strong, stronger marketing angle. They'll be able to develop more original content that fits uh, that, what that identity is. And they'll be able to better acquire licensed content that, that suits who they are too, which will really, future casting, will separate them from a competition point of view with Disney. Because if Disney is doing their properties in maybe a family-friendly vibe, because it's Disney, Netflix can maybe be that, you know, uh, edgy, you know, barely can't see this anywhere else kind of thing, original content that'll, that'll blow your mind. You'll never see this anywhere but Netflix, if that's the vibe they want. Similar to how HBO has famously said, you know, it's not cable, it's HBO. You know, and I really think Netflix has to look at what HBO did in the past and really start modeling that going forward. And I think that will really set apart uh, who they are and what they did. And I mean, HBO went into comedy. They went into live sports and, and that stuff too. And I think it worked to varying degrees for them. Ultimately, they've come back and they're very much essentially what Netflix is now. A lot of original stuff that they commission, but they still license a lot of stuff. So it'll be interesting to see where Netflix chooses to kind of put their pennies. That's true. But I think they're at this point in time, although the gap is knowing that they're just a little bit better in creating those event type formats, such as when Game of Thrones is about ready to come back out on the scene for another season or Westworld or just those type of event type programming. I think they're just a little bit better than that. Although with Stranger Things and some other thing, some other series that they have in the queue, they are not too far behind as far as presenting their material. Well, I think a lot of that has to do with the amount of roots that HBO has in the development process because HBO is essentially the chief production company on a lot of the stuff that they're producing. They still partner up with a co-producing company or team, but Netflix, on the other hand, it's more of a third-party relationship that they hire and basically give a budget to these companies to do it so it's less hands-on. And when you see stuff like Netflix Original come up when you're watching something, that might not be the case. They may have just acquired it and funded the latest season of a TV show or bought the rights for your territory that you're watching in. So like Riverdale in Canada, for example, is a Netflix original. But I know in the, in, in the States it's on CW. But because we don't have CW here, this is how it airs. And it's branded as a Netflix original. You know, So that's a little misleading as well. Definitely. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more on that. You've had some solid points indeed as far as that's concerned. And that's a great question to ask because I think – when Disney stream service comes out, I think that the landscape of the streaming services are going to have to change. Otherwise, there's going to be a lot of casualties from it that Disney is all the more happy to try and make because of it. Well, this is definitely pulled from a headline from a week or so back where allegedly 
the first human head transplant took place. Now, it was supposed to take place, I, I think it was mid-November, like the 17th or so when it was first reported. I didn't catch uh, images on it or articles on it until last week. Now, it's up in the air as how legitimate this was and the deal with it, I believe, is from an Italian scientist or doctor who is quite controversial as it is, regardless of the legitimacy of that. Let's say that it, it is the real deal and we can transplant people's heads. How do you think something like that would impact pop culture? Well, you know, this, this crazy world of ours, especially with the advent of social media, things like that will just go viral just like that and just blow up to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, just, just go, it will go nuts. And, and the fact that the internet will just, you know, help perpetuate this continual blow up and viral effect that of, of a story like this coming to fruition would just be just, to me, it would be a very insane. Even yeah, for but just think about how it, how it impact the world of pop culture and entertainment. Forget everybody talking on, on Twitter about pop culture cosmos, hashtag Gerald's new body. Like, just think about what that would mean. It means you could maybe like live forever. You know, it's like, Oh, Rob got his new body. He's, he's, you know, he's got his head on tight this time. And like, you could live as long as you could afford new bodies or however that works and like be a part of every media change. You know, so you could be around forever. Facebook might never never die because Mark Zuckerberg will never go away because it'll be like Futurama's. That'll be in a jar. It'll be attached to a body. And we'll never get any new ideas because the same people are around. Well, also, it reminds me of exactly the show that is being developed by Netflix. The thing about the consciousness keeps on getting transferred. It's the vessels that they're in that keeps getting changed. So the... Uh, I don't know. That, that seems very out there. Uh, maybe it'll be a possibility a thousand years from now, but I don't see it. Gerald, 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 Gerald. I don't see. It. I don't see it coming. I don't, I don't see. I don't see Rob McCallum taking his head out. There you go, putting back thousand on. Thousand years. I don't know. I uh, and the only reason why I don't say thousands of years is because I don't think fifty years ago, a uh, hundred years ago, people would say. Oh, you can't create a magic box that can tell you all the information of the world and, you know, conveniently connect you to anybody and, and talk. That, that'll be, that'll never exist. And yet here we are. Like, in the last century alone, I just think of all the scientific and medical advancements there have been. And if there's just a shred of truth to this news story, a shred of Jurassic Park-like truth to this news story, just think about that. Not only could we have different bodies with heads we could have a theme park full of dinosaurs well rob it looks like you're getting a little ahead of me on that one nobody cared about that joke oh that's it for the uh the cosmic crossfire this week though let us know what you think if you have thoughts on the future of netflix and of course how you think a human head transplant uh, allegedly happening how that could affect society and more importantly how that might affect pop culture well, two heads are definitely better than one. That's I take it if we flip a coin, you're going to choose heads. Anyways, uh, you can send your thoughts into popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, Game Source, and robmccallumfilms.com or robmccallumfilms on Facebook. And just share your thoughts with us on what we talked about. Or if you have ideas for the Cosmic Crossfire, we'll go ahead 
and take a stab at it as well. I was thinking of another head pun joke there, but I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much uh, headless at this point. Yeah, I was going to say you just lost your head. Yes, there you go. Well, that's going to do it for another edition of the Cosmic Crossfire, Rob. I appreciate you gutting it out today, and and keep voting out there, everyone. We truly need your help to to keep voting Pop Culture Cosmos in the 2017 Discover Pods Awards. You can check that out on the Discover Pods website, discoverpods.com. If you get a chance, we truly appreciate you voting for our show. It's on page two, Best Society and Culture Podcast. Rob, I cannot thank you enough for your help in creating this awesome show that we do each and every week, twice a week to audiences out there. Just truly a pleasure talking to you on a regular basis and helping create the pop culture cosmos. In fact, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be here as the pop culture cosmos right now. Is that on the record or off the record? That is on the record. I have my (laughs) eternal gratitude and I give you nothing but a heads up as far as being part of the pop culture cosmos. You better make some headway without me. Oh! Hi, this is Josh from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Okay, let's talk about the Flopcast. Where every week we drink a lot of coffee and we talk about comic books, movies, conventions, music, Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, don't forget the coffee. Lots of weird, obscure pop culture stuff from the 70s and 80s. And chickens. Yeah, chickens. This will be the stupidest half hour of your week. We guarantee it. You can find us on the ESO Network. And flopcast.net and we're back with the show this is gerald glassford from pop culture cosmos and game source we truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today and well it's the holiday season the holiday season and i tell you what you've got all these gifts out there you want to get pop culture stuff regular stuff consumer electronics that's great but There's a lot of other things that you can get for great gift ideas this holiday season, and we're going to be covering it as well as much as we can at the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. But one great thing that you can get a loved one is the power of reading. Great book ideas for this holiday season, and who better to tell you out there what great books you can get for holiday gift ideas than the best show out there covering the literary world. It is the Wine, Women, and Words show that you can get on podcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or check them out on YouTube. They're actually here on the Pop Culture Cosmos on YouTube for a little while, but they've got their own great channel as well. Please, let's welcome the great hosts of the Wine, Women, and Words, Michelle Levis and Diana Tierney. How are you ladies today? Great. And with an intro like that, there's going to be no living with me. <laughs> Seriously. Can you come whenever I walk into a room anywhere and do that introduction? Because right? I'm going to pay you just to walk ahead of me everywhere I go. If cash is involved, there you go. And there I am. <laughs> when it comes to the Wine Women Awards, they do a great job of breaking down and analyzing books that have come out, and they've also got great interviews with a ton of authors out there, so you've got to check out all their past episodes and also their upcoming episodes as well. 
But Diana, I'm going to start with you. What are some great book ideas just off the top of your head that you think people should be looking for? Oh, even better yet, even us guys need to be thinking about for their lovely ladies in their life this holiday season. You know, coming out um, this within the next uh, couple months, there's actually a few, there's a lot of really great books. Uh, end of the year, beginning of the year is a new market for everything coming out. One of the ones that actually recently crossed my path is Island of Sweet Pies and Soldiers. This one is coming out, I want to say early December, just in time for uh, Pearl Harbor Day. And this book actually deals with Pearl Harbor. Another great book, uh, Choosing Hope uh, by Holly uh, Camier. Uh, this one actually came out October 31st. She's going to be on our show in mid-December. So that's always a good book to look out for. And our current book of the month, I recommend to just about anybody and everybody, is Tea Girl of Hummingbird Lane by Lisa C. Which, if you're interested in exploring other cultures, this is a great book to look at because it deals with the people, the Aka people in rural China that we've never heard of before. And Michelle and I have been enjoying learning about this culture and following this girl's story. So those are just a few books to keep an eye out for specifically. As I was telling Gerald before the show starts, it's always hard to find a specific book unless somebody's asking for the book to actually buy them the book. And one of the things that we book lovers love to death are actually gift cards. A gift card for a bookworm is the gift that keeps on giving. Couldn't not agree with you anymore because I'll tell you what, I'm one of those people I think as well when you're going to a party or you know, you're going to be giving a gift, people look at, oh, it's just a gift card. But it allows those people to select the things in life that they might like, correct? Absolutely. Um, you give me an Amazon gift card and I'm going to fill it up with Kindle books. Um, <laughs> Or your Barnes and Noble is a great one. Or if you have an indie bookstore near you, get a gift card for them if they offer that, because it's great. And unless we have, uh, oftentimes we'll have a list of books that we want to read, and it's always good to just read that list of books. Many of us have Goodreads.com. It's kind of like the Facebook of uh, for book nerds. It's got all our lists of things to read, things we have read that we love, and. I know uh, my husband in the past has gone through my to-read section and picked up books for me from there. Though now I have so many books, he's kind of afraid to do that because he's afraid to get me <laughs> the second book. So that's why gift cards are great. Definitely could not agree with you more on that. It's a great idea to get, especially for someone that may not be near you, to give a direct physical gift. Or if there's a certain thing in mind, obviously ordering online as well, but a gift card or, or sending them an e-gift card is a great idea indeed. I want to make sure that all these books are going to be available at Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com either right now or in the future going forward. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Awesome. I'm pretty sure because Amazon's the king out there, but I always want to check to make sure because of the Kindle and all the the book readers out there, that's definitely just something to consider indeed. So you got to watch out for that when you're ordering those great books that Diana has just also recommended. And then also the ones that Michelle is going to recommend as well. So Michelle, what are some great holiday book gift ideas that you have in mind for this holiday season? Well, the majority of these gift ideas are things that I wouldn't mind getting myself. So if we could 
discreetly post this link on my husband's Facebook page. <laughs> Maybe from like, I don't know, Diana, you helped him out on my birthday last year, so. I did. Oh. <laughs> subtle hint, subtle hint there. Right, I mean, he's, he's definitely not listening right now. Oh wait, he's inside, so he will hear these. There is very slowly controlled chaos happening in and my house right now. And these things you can actually combine the gift card with. The other exactly. Put well, the gift card in with these other wonderful things and just it all works out together. Now, book lovers, um, uh, Diane and I have noticed, are often one of two other lovers, or both. Mm -hmm. They are also wine lovers, or mm -hmm. they are also coffee lovers, or tea lovers. We don't discriminate. But coffee mugs are actually getting really popular. Uh, I Target all of a sudden just launched an entirely new section of uh, coffee mugs, and they're really inexpensive. I got this one. It's giant. It holds, I tested it, it holds 24 ounces of coffee in there, and if you can read it, it is very appropriate. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll, tell, I'll say this right now. If that doesn't keep you awake. <laughs> but um, also, I, I, I can't agree with you more as well on that because I know my daughter even was the other day, we were at a comic book store and she was enamored with a BB-8 coffee mug. And uh, just goes to show you that coffee mugs are now not just for coffee, but for hot chocolate, things of that nature. But they're reaching out because of the different <laughs> things you can design them with. Exactly. And I mean, this one, I was, I walked over and I saw it and I was like giving myself a mental budget. Like, okay, it's probably like what, maybe 10 bucks. I was, I was like, okay, if it's under 15, I'm going to buy it for myself. This was $6. Mm -hmm. So it's a very affordable present. Um, I have a small collection of favorite TV shows and movies. You can find out their favorite movie and get them a coffee mug to go with it or favorite book and TV shows. I have Grey's Anatomy, Gilmore Girls. So you really can't go wrong with coffee mugs for book lovers because they go hand in hand. I've got a, um, a cute little set of wine glasses here um, that says things like wine is cheaper than therapy. A wine a little, you'll feel better. And it's only a matter of wine. And you know, something like this would be a really cute gift. 16 ounce wine glasses, again, another target find. Definitely some great ideas from our good friends, Diana Tierney and Michelle Levis of Wine Women Awards, their podcast each and every week on podcast.com. And of course, subscribe today on Apple Podcasts. That's Wine Women Awards, a great, great podcast on the literary world. They've got great guests, authors from all over talking about their awesome books indeed. Some books I've actually had the time to read this year, amazingly <laughs> enough, with all the things I've done and all the things I blab about on, on a weekly basis. But I got a chance to read Ready Player One because I know that's gonna be a major hit from Steven Spielberg next year when it's adapted as a movie. But also as well, kind of a different feel from one of the leading authors in North America for, for so many years and probably considered one of the greatest of all time in many people's opinion, Stephen King. I got to read his Bill Hodges trilogy recently and I know the first episode Mr. Mercedes got translated into a TV movie on the Audience Network. If you want to check that out, go ahead when you get a chance. But Mr. Mercedes, also as well, Finders Keepers and End of Watch is a really, really strong trilogy from the master himself, Stephen King. So you want to check that out. And you can always buy it today as a trilogy combined 
on Amazon and, and Barnes and Noble and all other outlets. You can get it as a trilogy right there as a great gift idea as well. But I've actually fallen in love with his son's writing, Joe Hill. Yes, uh, yes, indeed. I've, I've heard good things Warren. about him as well. Barnes was amazing, incredibly demented, but absolutely amazing. And I think their latest book that I've seen in bookstores, they have collaborated together on it as well. So definitely some things to look out there for if you want to check it out on Amazon, if you're really into Stephen King, and also also, also as well, taking a look at his sons and their work, great work indeed. But Michelle, I want to ask you, there's some other great book ideas. I know you were mentioned coffee mugs, and that keeps everybody awake late night. Needless to say me, I'll have some hot chocolate on it, but... What are some great book ideas that some great authors you've had a chance to speak to or some great book ideas that you know would be great gift ideas this holiday season? As far as favorite authors, I mean, you it really kind of varies, but there are a couple of my favorite authors that are coming out with or just came out with uh, new books. Uh, I know Josh was talking about it. A few weeks ago, Dan Brown just came out with a new book, Origin. Um, I've started reading it. I try to tell myself not to buy all the books that I want because I have to leave some for my husband to get me. But then I just turn around and tell him to get me a, a gift card. But some of the Wine, Women, and Words books that I've really fallen in love with, Lisa C. is our author this month, and The Tea Girl of Hummingbird Lane is quickly becoming one of my favorite books. It's very steeped in the Chinese culture for people who want to get a look at a different culture that we may not see every day. It discusses mainly the ethnic minorities living in the tea mountains and it's beautifully written and very well researched as far as the culture goes. So I would highly recommend that book for someone looking for a, a different kind of read. Mary Vollmer for December. Our December book of the month is going to be called is Reliance, Illinois. Hey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> looking for that. Both her, her both of her books, uh, Crown of Dust and Reliance, Illinois. And she works a lot with um, California history and the gold rush history. So all of her books are set in that. And you'll be having her on your podcast coming up in the near future. Is that correct? Yes. And oh, the one that we have coming up in January is great for the pop culture cosmos audience. Most people know a little show called Quantum Leap, right? Well, Deborah Pratt is, was one of the writers and producers on said show. And she has a series called The Atlantean, The Vision Quest. Actually, the series is called Vision Quest. Book one is called The Atlantean. She's coming on in January, and our book of the month is going to be The Atlantean. Oh, that's definitely a great idea indeed, especially if the rumors are true and actually a Quantum Leap reboot which mm -hmm. actually is probably more than just a rumor comes back to fruition on tv i don't know if we're prepared or not for that but we'll have to wait and see if macgyver can do it quantum leap can do it as well it's uh definitely something to look out for indeed mm -hmm. some great guests coming onto your show Ladies, you've had some great ideas. Any last thoughts for this holiday season as far as great gift ideas before we head on out? Uh, wow. For me, I recommend things like if you go to thinkgeek.com, they have like all sorts of neat little things. Also for bookworms, especially if you like the sci-fi stuff, like uh, book pillows. Like this is actually a Treasure Island pillow that sits in my reading nook. And then if you go on Etsy or um, even on some of the Facebook ads, there are t-shirts and scarves that actually have 
literary print on it. I've got a scarf uh, somewhere that's got Hamlet's soliloquy written on it. And it's the whole soliloquy on this uh, infinity scarf. And it's one of my favorite things. Oh, that's really, that's really cool. That's really cool. How about you, Michelle? Fuzzy socks. Definitely <laughs> cannot go wrong with fuzzy socks. And some people may listen to this and think, I'm not getting her a pillow or fuzzy socks, but if someone loves to read, they will appreciate uh, any of these things that we have mentioned. You want a reading nook. Yeah, you, you, you want to be comfortable in your reading spot and pillows and scarves and fuzzy socks are essential to mm -hmm. creating the successful reading nook. Well, even just having um, book accessories, I mean, there's purses that are shaped like books that are quite popular, things of that nature. So you can walk around and show your book loving pride. But I'll tell you what, ladies, those were some great suggestions indeed, especially for you guys out there. If you need ideas, they're right there you go. Also for everybody as, as well on pop culture items and also as well book ideas that you need to check out for this holiday season. They're all available, like, like they were saying, at Amazon.com, also Barnes & Noble, and also as well some of the great ideas were also mentioned for ThinkGeek.com as well. Once again... This is Diana Tierney and Michelle Levis from the Wine, Women, and Words podcast. Again, you have got to check out their show. It's available on podcast.com, YouTube, and of course, subscribe today on Apple Podcasts. Again, it's Wine, Women, and Words. It's a black and white photo as the logo with the wine right there. It's, it's really cool looking. They've got great guests each and every time they go on the, well, almost every time they go on the air. They've got great authors. They got great suggestions for book ideas, and they have also, between them, they, they also have a great conversation on every episode about how they feel about the books that they're reading. Ladies, it's been such a tremendous pleasure having you both on the show. I hope you both return real soon to the Pop Culture Cosmos, and I wish you both the happiest of holiday seasons. Thank you. Happy holidays. Thank you. you too. Once again, that's Michelle Levis and Diana Tierney of the Wine, Women, and Words podcast. Thank you so much for being part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. Rob McCallum Films is back in 2017 with a vengeance. This year, we're set to release Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull drops this year and is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. And we're back to close out the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos Show. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. Josh, you've got a great thing going on with your own great network of outstanding programming. It's called Humanica Media. So tell me, what is the latest and greatest from the world of Humanica Media? We have tomorrow a new episode of What About This hitting the old airwaves. You can download it at the usual places. We might be live streaming Topicocalypse tomorrow night featuring Gerald Glassford here. Yeah, he's he's this real uh, he's a he's a podcast celebrity, guys. We just couldn't pass up a chance to have him on the show. Uh, yeah, and we're a, gonna... wait. Hold on, I'm a celebrity in my own mind. That's all. Hey, you're a celebrity to me, man. You're a celebrity to me. And we do have a new Inside Sports coming at you probably Thursday night. You know, that's all we got for right now. Definitely want to check it out. Indeed, on the Humanica Media networks, including 
Podbean, YouTube, and also Apple Podcasts as well. And speaking of Apple Podcasts, you want to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, the Tangibound Network, Podchaser, ESO Network, Gunny Geek Network, and so many other outlets. In fact, we have got a listing on our Facebook page, Pop Culture Cosmos. So if you ever are worried where to go, check out right there. It's right there, pin post for the Pop Culture Cosmos. So Josh, this past weekend was the PlayStation Experience. It was a great weekend indeed for PlayStation fans alike, especially coming off Another great year for PlayStation, but with Nintendo Switch's sales looming around the corner as far as being real solid this holiday season, what is the future for the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 4 Pro this coming year? Well, after I cried for a few days about not being able to go to PSX, I think Sony's got a good future. They're not in any danger of getting not failing to meet the expectations of gamers. They've, they've kind of set a standard over the years, and we've just kind of come to abide by it. They have this habit of releasing these really cool trailers and have these really ambitious projects, but sometimes it takes years. So they, they've kind of, maybe that's a strategy of theirs to keep people interested in the years to come, or maybe they just like to frustrate gamers like that. But it, this, the sad thing is there's a lot more Sony fanboys out there than Microsoft. But I don't know if you've seen some of the things coming out of PSX, but they announced a medieval remaster for ps4 they got their target showed some more footage of god of war and apparently the game's gonna be super long which is good because the other ones you can play through in like six or seven hours so it'll be nice to have something that actually this one will be about 30 hours correct yeah that's what they're saying so it'll be nice to actually be able to play through this one and uh, kind of be able to enjoy it and that they announced a game called dreams did you get a chance to see any of that well, that one they have de- actually debuted. They've shown at the various E3s in the past, I think at least one, if not two years, as far as from, I think it's from Media Molecule, as far as a different type of game that uh, interactive, more like an interactive experience is what they're going with on, on that one. So that's something that they're looking to do. But unfortunately, I think there's some issues as far as how they want to go ahead and map that out for gamers. So I think there is a little bit of a delay again on that one. So don't expect to see that one anytime soon, because I think that's what they were updating people on when it came to the PlayStation experience. Yeah, but from what I can tell, like it, it's a very ambitious game, and it reminds me of... Uh, what's that that thing they used to have in Disneyland where it's uh, Imagination, whatever that... where the, it's circled around... Uh, Imaginarium or something like that? Is, is that what it was? It's where the Marvel in exhibit, Marvel and Star Wars exhibits are now in Tomorrowland next to Space Mountain. The big... I think Imaginarium or something like that. I yeah, think. yeah, that's what it kind of reminds me of because it can do all these different things and it's, uh, you know, it's fun. It's visually stimulating. Uh, you know, when we'll see it, who, who knows, but it's definitely... They Sony does that when they need to stall things. They keep they show you something that makes you still want it, and that's kind of smart marketing on their part. But yeah, what what are your thoughts on the things that have come out of PSX this year? Well, them announcing that they've gone over the seventy million hurdle as far as sales are concerned. They're now over seventy million with the PlayStation 4's life cycle, which to me is it's very very good, very very promising, and the hundred million plateau is not out of reach necessarily. I mean, 
there is still life in the PlayStation 4, and I think you can get another good two years out of it, and you could possibly reach that 100 million plateau. I don't think the Switch will be reaching 100 million, so I think for this generation, you can say that the PlayStation 4 is the one that's going to come out on top, although the Nintendo Switch has, in recent weeks, really come out with some great stuff as far as uh, the library and as far as the extensive amount of of games that are available to it. I mean, there were a few months ago, you and I were talking about how empty the kitty was as far as games are concerned for the Nintendo Switch and what a waste it was that after Zelda. Now, there is no wasteland. There is a lot of quality material, a lot of games, even though in some cases you're going to have to spend a lot more for the Nintendo Switch version than the PlayStation 4 or Xbox One version, which is kind of unfair. But with PlayStation, it looks like there's still life into it. Uh, I don't think you need to see a PlayStation 5 coming this year in 2018. I probably say at the earliest, it, not, something will not be announced until 2019 at the earliest. But Josh, did you have any feelings on that? Do you think something will be announced sooner? But Because I really think E3 2019 is the first time you may hear some whispers about a PlayStation 5. Yeah, I think that Sony's kind of really caught up in their VR experience right now. So it, we'll probably be hearing about that for next year at least. 2019, yeah, well, maybe we'll we'll see something because if Switch keeps performing the way it does, Sony's going to have to come up with something. Same thing with Microsoft to kind of compete in that market. You know, Microsoft has the Xbox One X, but people like things that are new and exciting and you know, they're, they're definitely innovating on something, but this has been the longest console cycle we've had ever, I think. So, you know, it, it's it's definitely overdue. There's a lot of, you know, little whispers and uh, things on the internet, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm expecting an announcement maybe 2019, but I doubt we'll see anything until at least 2020. Well, I will say this, that with their VR, yes, they're still trying to push it out there. They're, they're doing a lot of hard work on it. They're trying very hard. They've been trying very hard over the past year, even though they have not been able to get that one marquee game or that one marquee experience for it. In fact, virtual reality as a whole, as we kind of alluded to on the Mildly Disturbing podcast, it really doesn't have that encapturing experience. It doesn't have that killer app that you need to go to virtual reality play. It's still, the PSVR has sold over 2 million units. So, I mean, that's something, but still, that's a very small percentage of the actual gaming market as compared to what, like we said, the PlayStation 4 has with over 70 million. The Nintendo Switch now is quickly closing in on 10 million, and the Xbox One looks to be doing, what, in the 20s as far as, if not close to 30, 35 million sold. So definitely, uh, they have a lot of work to do as far as virtual reality is concerned. And yes, they're going to try and push it for at least another year, but I think at, at some point in time, they will give up on it just like they did the Vita. But as far as the PlayStation 4 is concerned, it's just going to keep on coming down in price. And the library is there. I still think right now, if I have to tell somebody to go ahead and choose an experience, I'd probably still say it's the PlayStation 4. Even though I personally think the Xbox One S is the best valued console, especially if you have 4K, and the Nintendo Switch is still the most unique of the three in that it obviously can go ahead and to make it portable. So PlayStation 4 just seems to have the biggest library of them all, of current titles, I should say, of current titles, because you don't want, if you include the Xbox One backwards compatible system, you may be 
countering as far as that's concerned. So definitely there's some great signs that the PlayStation 4 can still sell in this universe. It just has to make sure that it still provides great, great games coming up. God of War, we're both excited on. Detroit Becoming Human, obviously, is another title that we're both very interested in. And there's actually quite a bit more on the way at The Last of Us 2 and more. I'm just uh, hopeful that the PlayStation 4 will continue to be a, a great system. But also as well, I'm hoping that they'll be able to continue to provide quality games throughout this life cycle before they fold out, go over to a PlayStation 5, like we are talking about 2019 or 2020 at the earliest. What are your thoughts on the future of PlayStation? Just let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook and Twitter as well. So Josh, any last thoughts on the way out? Or are you mildly disturbed after you uh, were on the Mildly Disturbing podcast? Hey, for real, it's nice to be on somebody else's show for once. So we, you know, we don't have to do... Don't have to really have to do any work. Don't have to steer any conversation. Just got to sit there and answer questions and occasionally interrupt people. So that was fun. I have been playing Assassin's Creed Origins, and it's such a different game. Have you gotten a chance to play it at all? It's it's kind of like The Witcher meets Elder Scrolls meets Assassin's Creed. And is that actually a good thing? It's a good thing, but the game is so. It's, it's deceivingly long because you start the game and you, they show you like the list of people you have to assassinate and you're like, okay, there's six, six names on here. I'm going to knock that out like crazy. And then, you know, because you can play through the Ezio collection pretty quickly, but like this, this is, this is a big game because you do all the side quests and the thing that motivates you to do side quests is this ability to level up. And so you can stroll along this desert. It's big open world. I mean, you can kind of, you, you traverse Egypt, but they have like tombs with bandits and stuff, and it's very RPG-esque. Well, definitely uh, sounds like an adventure indeed, but it's also a great step forward because the past two Assassin's Creed really have not left a great mark with gamers, so definitely this is a positive sign for the series. Hopefully this will get the series back on track, and, and I hope they don't go back to a single year, every year type format. I think they do need to breathe the whole as far as that franchise just for a year or two so they can come out with something new and fresh so that gamers will actually want it instead of the every year mentality that they had for so many years i think that that's something that they need to stick with and if they do then they can actually continue the assassin's creed franchise for years to come yeah yeah and real quick this game is very well put together. So I think they've been kind of listening to what the fans want and they give you a modern setting again. You go back into that, you you know, you get in and out of the animus. But when you're out in modern times, there's a laptop that you can go and open up and inside this laptop are things that tie the game to both the Assassin's Creed movie and Watch Dogs 1 and 2. So Ubisoft is doing a very good job of re-energizing themselves so yes i couldn't agree with you more on that if if they keep doing what they're doing now i see the assassin's creed franchise going for uh, quite a few more iterations and but if they don't they go back to the old ways people just you know just burn out of it like that and move on to something else because gamers really don't have time to really at this point in time tolerate any mistakes by any ubisoft's ea's 2k's what have you 
they just do not want to deal with that kind of stuff. And if they don't like something, they will let you know real quick. Once again, uh, we just truly appreciate Robert Richards definitely uh, uh, you know, allowing us to be on his show, The Mildly Disturbing Podcast. You can catch our appearance on it. And don't forget to vote for us by December 14th on the 2014 Discover Pods Awards at discoverpods.com. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself. A great day. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode, which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Super. Super. Give me the beat, boys. Wait, whoa. And girl, because there's a girl on the show tonight. Are we still getting lost in that rock and roll? Free my little soul. Free my little soul. Yo, what up? This is the Super Beers cast. And we are here uh, back from the dead, ready to break some bread. Is that what people say on the show? Hell yeah. Right, okay. So I am uh, your host tonight. Brian, and you sound very tired tonight, Brian. So, <laughs> uh, I'm your host tonight. My name is Dank Bank, aka uh, Dave, aka Stank Bank, because Donna is Dank Bank. Okay, the bank. The bank. Uh, so who who do we have? Who's in? Ex- especially like wish we had buttons for noises. <laughs> 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 And a hat that goes like boing. Uh, like a hat. Talk to the hand. Uh, who's in front of me, Brian? This is your <laughs> professor, Brank Broderson, coming back, ready to give you the real, real truth about the games he's been playing. That sounds. We can't wait for that. I'm so glad we waited to talk about this till we got on the show. Uh, who, Never spoken a word about games between last week and this week. Who is to my right, immediate right? Uh, that would be Brian. Professor Brian Brank. Broderson. What is up, Next. Brian 2.0? Nothing, not much. Just being Brian, but better. <laughs> nice, dude. <laughs> better who, at it. <laughs> who, is, who is to Brian 2.0's right? Is that Dr. Jank Jankerson, uh, PhD in brain surgery and part-time hamster trainer? DeVry wow. University. DeVry University. Dang, we are He's been so, working on that one all week. <laughs> we, are, we are honored and privileged to have you on the show tonight, uh, third Brian. And who is the only Y chromosome in the room tonight? Who do we have on the show tonight? Uh, it's Ashlyn. Hey, Ashlyn. 
I do not have a nickname because I told them to make one up for me. It's Ank. Very... Ank? Ank Ankerson. Ank Ankerson. Ank Ankerson. Ank we Ankerson? lost all of the other... What? Okay, wait. What about what about Ashlink? How about Ashlander? I think that's cool. Ashlander, Ashlander is, is pretty, pretty cool. cool. What about... Should Jeez. we throw a the in there? Do you want a the on that? I would but we're love... gonna, You will have to go through a Elder Scrolls lore quiz to Ooh, wow. learn your Ashlander That sounds title. painful for yeah. everyone. <laughs> do we have time for that? So, Tell me about Akatosh. So... so <laughs> So, Ashland, are you cool with the Ashlander or Ashlander? I'm definitely fine with the Ashlander. The Ashlander. Yeah. Will she evolve into She's really Ashlander picky Ashlander. about her articles. It yes. has to be the... Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so Ashlander, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, how how are you on the show tonight? Like, how do we know you? What uh, dimension are you coming what from? What dimension are you from? Because how are you on the show? We don't actually know. <laughs> I did not get all of your nicknames. Well. So... Okay. But okay. Ashley is our famous for worship and so many well, wait, wait, wait. So we have, our guest is talking. So I'm gonna smite you. Divine smite. He's a professor and a hamster trainer. Hamster trainer. Yes. Yeah. Part brain, sur- part time brain surgeon. No, part time hamster trainer. Oh, oh. so sorry. Uh, Debray. <laughs> Debray. So, so you, so you're friends with Jank. Yes. Okay. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, welcome to the show. Great to have you. What's it like to be a friend of his? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't seen each other in a while. So oh, okay. Yeah. That's a question that no one will. can answer. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that's what brought you together somehow, yeah. right? <laughs> somehow. Yeah. That's great. Uh, so, guys, as you all know, we are an explicit podcast, uh, but tonight we're going to be toning it down uh, for Laying the Ashlander. The totally joking. all night long. We're, we're actually coming at you live from Walmart. So. <laughs> Censored podcasts, man. We're, we're doing them. We we really aren't an explicit content show, but we are. And how <laughs> how are we explicit content? Um, that's just a switch you picked, right? <laughs> yeah. I forgot to click the uh, clean option. There we go. Um, so real quick, let's take care of some real fast house sweeping items for old Brian Brian Bear over here. Uh, we would love to hear from you guys. Uh, rate and review the show. Hit us up on Jamail. Uh, Super BS Cats. Cats. Super BS Cats. <laughs> for from all of our European listeners, we probably shouldn't make too many word wordplay jokes about that because they wouldn't get it. Sorry, guys. We love you. We love uh, you. Um, Anyways, superbscast at gmail.com. Find us on social media. Let us know what you're up to. Ask us questions. We'll answer them on the air. Be super fun, we think. Uh, oh, and we also... We'll answer them in the air. In the air. On our way, flying out to hang out with you right, in that the Ukraine. Be, we're doing that right now. We're coming to you guys. <laughs> oh, real quick, Donna. Uh, Ukraine doesn't like articles either, so uh, it's just, just Ukraine. Ukraine. <laughs> Ukraine crane. The Ukraine. It's okay. I, I learned... Uh, Ukrainian briefly when I was a boy because my grandma speaks it. So. Can we hear? Can we hear a little please. bit of that? Uh, I don't remember anything except Sprechen for. Sie Deutsch. <laughs> <laughs> Did everyone watch my gay Hitler video I sent after you said that? Uh, I only watch politically correct videos. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I did watch it. I did. I remember like "Do dobra porcheck" or something like that. What does it mean? That's it means you're a good something. little boy. Oh, okay. Which is something that was, my grandma would say. To it was me. never said to him. Actually. <laughs> uh, okay, real quick, we have a fast, fast review, an exclusive review. Going on fast. Um, coming up fast. Coming up hot from one guy that we know and love named Pongwa. Pongwa. <laughs> what does that mean, Brian? It's uh, like bong oh, friend or I don't know. Does it? I don't know. Oh, you lived in China. Pongyo. No, not Ponyo. Pongwa. 
It should be Pengyo, which is friend in it's Chinese. It's short for Bongwa. Bongwa, which is like Bongwa. That makes more filled. sense. He was a little too <laughs> Jack Black. He was a little too stoned when he made his account. He spelled it Pongwa. Pongwa. Did um, you guys ever watch that real quick? What? Bongwater. Oh, yeah. That movie? <laughs> that was a movie? Dude. It's like the worst movie. It's so boring. I love that it exists. Mm. So anyways, Pongwa says... My kind of dudes. Um, he might have to amend this uh, if he Dudettes. were. Yeah, if he were to listen to tonight's show, but he didn't, so that's okay. Not yet, anyway. All right, my kind of dudes. Five stars. Dudes are smart and engaging. The more I listen, the more I laugh. Not to mention learn about games I've been wanting to hear about. No more IGN.com for me. Thanks, duders. Well. Pongwa, that is a awesome comment. We are so glad. Just want to make an amendment. Oh my to goodness, that. who's at the door? Oh, hey, Patsy. Oh, hey, hey. Patsy. It's my mother-in-law. Yeah. Hey. Sorry. Everything okay? Okay. Have a good night. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye. Got a package. That ruins my, awesome. <laughs> that ruins my joke about Oh, man. Everyone correction. like so really wanted to, to hear, hear that yeah, joke. Right. You know? So bad. Say so to amend that. So not what? Enga- not for engaging men. For men who are engaged to each other. So, Banks Dank, what, <laughs> <laughs> what video game package did you just receive okay. from your mother-in-law? We knew she's a big gamer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just received um, some doTERRA essential oils. Uh, which my wife sells, so a little self-plug there. Uh, hit me up on... Do- no, I'm just kidding. Uh, don't do that. Okay, anyways, guys. Don't tell us about those. Don't tell us. <laughs> uh, guys, I want to know what y'all been playing. Um, I just don't know who to start with tonight. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Myself. Okay, I'll start with myself. Wow, thanks. Nice. It's cool being moderator. You can do that kind of stuff. Um, okay. In moderation. In moderation. That's right. All things in moderation. So, real quick, I've just been playing... Uh, World of Warcraft still a little bit. It sucks, of course. Yeah. And the game that I have just recently started, which I'm assuming Donna, you're going to talk about as well. Sure. So let's say that for the end, maybe. All right. And then I've um, been playing it too. Oh, okay. Twice. Twice. Wow, that's great. So um, that's it for me. Just a, just a quick little wow. I wanted to get that in there and come on out. So nice. Brank, what, why don't you tell me what you've been playing, man? Actually, I know our guest has been playing one of the games that I spend the most time with. How would you know that? We don't talk about games off the uh, podcast. Some little bird, <laughs> aka a Jankerson, <laughs> may have let me know some game logs that this guest may have been playing before. So I don't want to really get too deep into it because I'm going to have to interrupt her nonstop to talk about it all day, every day. Um, but I have been playing another game that you guys have been playing, which I don't want to talk about. And I've been playing Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Which, as we all know, we were all really excited for. It's amazing. We love it. Voice acting is great. Dialogue is great. It's all modern. You're assassinating people from buildings. It's really, really fun. People in Ukraine. This is... I was just about to say, you guys have to dial that back a little bit. Yeah, I can no longer do sarcasm. (laughs) No, it's, uh, it's definitely not my type of game in the first two hours because... It's only allowed me to play for like ten minutes, but uh, you know it's only it's only allowed you. There's like a parental setting. There's that, a parental that your wife setting. put on there for you. Or yeah, my my about? wife put it on wow. there for me. No, it's uh, it's just <laughs> Sandy's all about that man. Never lets me play the games. But no, there's there's like a ton of cutscenes. Um, voice acting is not as bad as everyone picked on it for, but the gameplay is just not fun. I think Josh mentioned Final Fantasy twelve that he couldn't really get back into it, where it's like oh you click attack and you just watch people do stuff. Well, this is like that on slow-mo without the fast-forward ability. So I'm yeah, hoping... Yeah, was only like that if you set it that way. You can turn off that. Yeah, and you charge. can actually like pause and do attacks and stuff. 
I'm hoping it gets a lot more fun, but right now it's it's not a blast. How does it so, look? Like, is it? I it looks actually it looks really weird just because like some of the characters are cell shaded, and some aren't. So what? it's kind of a strange. Um, like the non main characters are like mm-hmm. not done in full cell shading, so they look kind of weird. But I mean, it's not bad. It's kind of beautiful for the main characters in the world, but. Like the the way the cell shading's done and stuff. Is that an artistic thing, or does it have anything to do with the lore of the game? I mean, we'll find I, out later. I don't know. I art wise, that game is like it's possible with that guy, but yeah. it's not, not like <laughs> there's just a lot of dumb stuff. It is totally like JRPG anime, like in the worst way, where like That's the game a... fixates on like a, a female's chest for a long wow, of time. Wow, Brian. <laughs> We, yeah, we're not. Explicit, I know we're so. not allowed to talk about explicit stuff. <laughs> no, it, it, it is like it is comical though. Like character it's, wakes up, he obviously uh-huh. is staring right at her chest. Character asks her, she asks Wait, was the main it, was character. Was his face red when it happened? I mean, there's no blood running out of his nose yet, but I'm just waiting for that scene. Um, the character asks um, the main character, the character with large chest, chest asks the main character, please touch my chest. At one point, it's like. It is crazy, like how fan servicey some parts of it are. <laughs> but I'm hoping it gets more enjoyable. The world's really cool looking and stuff. But uh, so the fan service just becomes better. That's what. Yeah, the fan service. Like a little more believable. I can't wait, man. All those bloody noses are what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> wait, I don't how, are this... the, how are the en- Oh, sorry, real no. quick. How are the like enemies? Because I, I saw on IGN there's a guy playing it and he kept dying because he was getting too close to high level enemies. So I haven't gotten to the point where you're not, like I said, I've only played two hours, so I literally just finished the linear test intro. Chuch. Yeah. Oh, okay. test chutch. That's not a real <laughs> word. Anything, test, test if it's anything like the first Xenoblade Chronicles, which I've played 60 hours of. Yeah. Um, I was counting. Like they have uh, all the areas are like really large open worldy areas that have like really like epic giant high level beasts roaming within the same areas as like weak ones and you basically can't touch those guys until the end of the game so like Final Fantasy 13 where you have to kind of like go around people it's uh yeah but it's a lot more I mean it you know because Final Fantasy 13 is is a walking simulator until like the yeah, end of the game so yeah. it's for like 40 hours of that Xenoblade game. Chronicles <laughs> opens up pretty pretty fast the first one at but, least yeah I haven't just to specifically about what I played like I've just done you know level 3 enemies and you're level 3 so it's not been like very exciting, and you just watch the characters attack, and you occasionally put like a button to do like a special. So, are you guys gonna get it? You two, Jank and Donna. Yeah, it's on my list. Eventually, but it'll be yeah. a while. Yeah, I don't know. I might be trading it soon. I'm gonna try it for like ten hours or so. Ashlyn, are you gonna get it? I don't think so. From yeah. what I've heard, from it doesn't seem that exciting. Based on yeah. you selling it, thanks I'm for that. It. Yeah. I mean, I've only played two hours. To be fair, this is like supposed to be an eighty-hour game that doesn't open up for ten hours. So, mm. who I, wants to play a game that doesn't open up for ten hours? Like, who has? The time I guess to play I that? wanted to. That's why I bought it. I don't know. <laughs> what? What did you pay for it? Uh, like fifty something because Amazon Prime. Okay. Are you playing anything else? Uh, yeah, but I'll wait for everyone else to talk oh, okay, about what okay. the games I've been playing. Okay. Um, Ashlyn, why don't we hear about what you've been playing? What you've been playing? <laughs> you've been playing. Well, you guys have already talked a lot about Assassin's Creed. Origins. We didn't get to talk about it yet. Whoa. Hooray! That's what, what? I've been playing too. Let's talk about it. Segway. <laughs> awesome. You like um, it? Love oh, it. Oh, are you moderating? Brian? I gotta ask you. <laughs> I've been playing. That's a game I wanted. Wait, to wait, wait, wait. Brian, what have you been playing? I was playing Assassin's Creed Origins, but okay. I want to talk about Jake, that's your one tonight? That's your <laughs> one thing like that? Okay. He's got his head on sideways, guys. He's serious now. Oh, wait, I'm wait, actually, wait. I'm actually curious to ask you, since you love it so much, have you played all the other ones? Like, uh, I played 
two brotherhood, four unity, uh, parts of one, but I've only beaten two. So origins and origins might be the next one I beat because it's so much fun. Um, real quick, Ashlyn, did you play Witcher three? No, I did not. This reminds me a lot of Witcher three. That's really? why I really really enjoy it. It's the obviously first person I've heard make that comparison. At first person ever, not a single person. <laughs> That's like the big comparison. I really. Wait, why is it? I've heard I've heard it mocked for trying to be Witcher three. I mean, but... it's it, a lot of ways it is that. But anyways, go ahead, go ahead, Ashlyn. I want to hear more about you. But so, I love it. So what else are you playing? Uh, oh, wait, she didn't even talk about assassins. I want to hear what you think about. It's really just I let me moderate, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I played the second one. I played Black Flag. I played Syndicate. Very disappointed with Syndicate. Um, but yeah, this one is so amazing. I love just exploring. And because I, I know in the second one, you try to just ride your horse through all the mountains and stuff like that, and it's so boring. But for this one, you can kind of just set your horse on a path and let it go and just watch it and watch the amazing graphics. That's cool. And you can also just, you know, stumble upon a tomb or something like that. So I don't know. I really love it. It's great. It's awesome. That sounds really like Elder Scrolls-y in, in, That's, this, in a was, way. I was going to make mm-hmm. that comparison. You just stumble upon things. That sounds yeah. cool. It also sounds like Tomb Raider in a way that you stumble <laughs> upon a tomb. Do you and and rate, you rate it. it. Yeah, yeah. Rate yeah. It. You rate it. Yeah. You rate it. It's what? Tomb Raider. I give this tomb a 5 out of 10. 31? Oh, of wow. Okay. You're, she's like... How many, how, many hours, <laughs> how many hours in are you? Oof. I, I, I go off and on, so I don't really yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you see yourself beating it? Ooh, I don't know about that. There, there's so many things to do. Hmm. And I know a lot of people are like super completionist where they have to get all the side quests. But right now, I don't see how that's possible. Like, I don't see the end because there's so many things. Totally. The world's huge. So I'm hoping to complete it, though. It'd be a nice do you little... Do you like big games like that or do you like smaller games? Uh, it's off and on. Because right now, I'm also playing Assassin's Creed. I'm also playing this game called Hue. I don't know if you've got it. I beat it. It was fun. It's it, awesome. It's awesome, right? Yeah. Indie game. Wait, Very let, let's just take a moment to uh, think about the fact that Brian actually beat a game. We should, <laughs> we should take a moment of silence and reflect on, upon yeah. that a little bit. I knew Hugh in high school, but then he tried to sell us all insurance in college, so <laughs> I stopped hanging out with him. I wish he listened to this now. <laughs> no, Hugh is great. Can you can you tell me about Hugh? He's Was living great. in the Ukraine now, right? <laughs> yeah. The Ukraine. The, the Ukraine. Ukraine. Oh, man, my, my cardinal rule. Best description is like a... Side scroller puzzle platformer. <laughs> and you, wouldn't you say? Yeah. yeah. And the hook is like, you know, the worlds are all in different colors and you can unlock colors. And the way you solve puzzles are like, say this puzzle's blue, you change the world to blue so you can move through the puzzle. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, it's, it's really, really well made. Really, really fun. What are you playing it on? I'm playing it on PS4. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, I see. Do, how you, uh, do you, do you, are you playing Assassin's Origin or Assassin's Creed Origin on PS4 as well? I am. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, is that your primary console? I see how mm-hmm. it is. You have a Switch though too, right? Yeah, I have a Switch and then I play PC for once in a while. But oh, what do you play on PC? I play Cuphead on PS, on PC. Actually. Oh, interesting. Instead of its rightful home. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you get it through Steam then? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Nice. How does it play on PC? I actually have to use a controller. I tried yeah, doing I the say. keyboard and mount didn't. Yeah. Oh, that interesting. Didn't work. interesting. <laughs> um, so, so you recently beat Cuphead? No. Oh, no, no, you're no, still no, playing no, Cuphead? No. Yes. How? Where are that you in Cuphead? That game is so infuriating. <laughs> I am in the second world right now. I'm on the roller coaster. Oh, that game is so it's, great. Oh, the clown? Uh, it was yeah, with the clown. It's driving cards into me right now, and I don't know. I love I love the music. 
I obviously love the graphics just because everything's Why? hand-drawn. Does that, like, resonate with you on any level? She uh, hates animation. <laughs> she throws this off the podcast. Actually, it doesn't annoy just because I'm not, like, a tra- traditional animator. Like, hmm. you just do everything on the computer. So I, I have more appreciation for it because I've been through all those drawing classes and stuff. Yeah. But other than that, I just, you know, it's just beautiful. I'm super interested to learn more about like your animation background, and we can talk about that I think a little bit later for sure. Um, but what We'd else? Love to, for you to animate some backgrounds for us. As well. <laughs> we we have some uh, yeah, some mockups that you could do. It'd be great. Um, anything else you plan? See Assassin's Creed Hue. Not recently. I, you know, Breath of the Wild, obviously. Did you play Mario Odyssey? I played a little bit of it. Only what? a little bit. I don't yeah. like this idea of a little <laughs> bit not getting 900 moons. Okay? I, there's so many different games that just like pop up. <laughs> so I get distracted. But We talk about that a lot. There's just too many games out mm-hmm. there. And then when I was playing it, I was playing it with my boyfriend. And it was just like we were playing the two-player and I was the hat. So I didn't really get that much into it. You got to take control of Mario, okay, in that situation. He's got to be the hat every once in a while. You have no hat. So, um, hey, hey, boyfriend, you're going to be Cappy for once, okay? I'm playing as Mario. Or you just play a one-player. Tell that guy to go on an odyssey of his own. There you go. That's how you do it. It's true. Donna's got some experience dealing with the old boyfriends. Um, Well, um, Guy's not funny. It's that's preference. So Donna, why don't you tell me about what you playing? Didn't we skip Josh? Awkward. I'm so sorry. Uh, Josh is just using a. a t- <laughs> <laughs> He's sharing a mic, so I just thought Ashlyn spoke for him. Yeah. Tonight is that not the case? Yeah. Plus his mouth is moving while she talks, so it's like a. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I actually do. Ashlyn, so. Ashlyn's actually interrupting me too. So. <laughs> wow. Well, she's she's in. <laughs> Thank you, Ashton. You passed the test. Mm. Uh, so, Josh, why don't you tell us about what you're playing, man? I've actually been playing just Assassin's Creed Origins. Oh, yeah. nice. Nice. So I uh, busted that thing open a couple days ago, and I sunk probably about 12 hours into it so far. Cool, and dude. I'm digging it, and I don't know, like, if you guys, when you're back, at, I like how they went back to a modern setting, so you can go, you're in and out of the Animus, but I don't know if you guys opened her computer but if you open the computer and read all the stuff inside, it ties in to the Assassin's Creed movie and Watch Dogs 1 and 2. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Woof. I don't know if you got to those the little Watch Easter eggs. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm all about yeah. those Easter eggs. What level are you? I am level 12 right now. So I just got to Alexandria. It's an hour per level. <laughs> 23, I just want to throw that but in again. So. I'm having, like, That's the great. old Assassin's Creed games, I had a problem with going around and trying to be a completionist. So I would, anytime something popped open on the map, I would chase after it. And I'm having, like, to tell myself, I'm like, you don't have time to sit there and do all these things. So, like, I'll chase after all the question marks, but... I will only do the stuff that will level me up in experience. I'm not doing any of the extra stuff, like uh, treasure hunting and diving and all that stuff. It's but, very responsible. Yeah, you know, I just got to be a good steward of my time, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the So we were talking about the tombs. Like, uh, I, I want to go That's back really to That's really interesting because it gives me a perfect <laughs> opportunity to interrupt you. <laughs> Officially. That's your official one interrupt. That's your, your, That's one, your one official one. interrupt. But your unofficials, you've got like 10 yeah, more. You'll, you'll, like 10, yeah, yeah, you'll get a few of those right. too. I'll be expected. Um, no, but the, the... Oh, no, no, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's three moderators. <laughs> um, 
Um, Dave, let me just. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like oh wait, Ashley needs to do our, impre- our impressions of oh, us. Yeah. Why do you like Michael's impression of Jim? Like, uh, oh, dude, I don't know. He's <laughs> <laughs> legalistic mm, stick at us. <laughs> I'm just trying to have some fun over anyway. here. All right, continue, Josh. Josh. Anyways, we are enthralled. Uh, the tomb. Continue, Josh. Going into the tombs and seeing like the bandits and stuff, it it reminds me of an Elder Scrolls game, kind of like you see they're trying to take elements of that. Because that's something that wasn't in any of the other Assassin's Creed games. So, so far, I'm, I'm liking it. It's It seems like a very big game. They make it seem like it's it's short just by giving you the little assassination list in the beginning of the game. But there's so much to do in that game. It's crazy. Cool, man. Amen. Hey, crazy. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else? Janky? Poo? No, that's it. Awesome. Wait, 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 wait. Oh. No, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Well, you good? You good? No, yeah, wait. Good? No, okay. okay. That was unofficial one. No. Um, <laughs> so, Donna, let's hear what you're playing, man. Um, I have mostly continued to play Elder Scrolls Online this week. Hooray! Uh, Back to Brian. Which Deja is, vu. Which is going last week's exceedingly well. Exceedingly uh, well? What do you mean by that? I'm progressing very quickly, and it's a lot of fun. Wow, that's, that's um, huge. Are you it's, an Argonian? Are you no. a level 12 like me? Like the highest have you found? <laughs> have you found the lusty Argonian maid? I sure have. Where'd you find that? I am an Argonian. I found it in Skyrim <laughs> um, near a like a like a camp of uh, cult worshippers. Um, Is that a random drop in the world? Do you know? No, they so there's there. It's a lore book technically, which is part of the Mages Guild. So yeah, lot, you get reputation if you bring it back. Um, yeah, it's not reputation, actually, uh, guild experience. Because in this game, mm. every single, pretty much everything you can do opens up a skill line that you can do right. skill points in. And so to grow your Mages Guild skill line, you find lore books in the world. Nice, um, and that like counts towards your experience there. Um, are they but, still peddling the old skooma throughout Tamriel? Um, I did. I did turn a skooma peddler into a guard in Vardenfell, which is pretty very Morrowind. Um, did you ride any of these uh, striders? Or oh, I haven't done that. It's so fun that. to run around. Just but, yeah, uh, it's a really pretty game. Yeah, really but, uh, immersive. Yeah, I'm level forty, so that's going really well. And I finished all of the Morrowind expansion quests, which actually end really well. Really cool. There's a lot of really great writing in the in the Morrowind expansion. I'm only kind of just cracking into the base game, but I've actually done some really cool stuff in Skyrim as well as uh, Stonefalls or Morrowind. I guess Stonefalls is part of Morrowind technically, but it's the base game. I think everyone um, knows that. So. Yeah, everyone knows that. So. I mean, this is stupid to just tell us this stuff. <laughs> Every single human being on Earth. Wait, everyone wait. knows. Um, but yeah, I've been doing some multiplayer. It's fun to play, kind of hop in and run dungeons and stuff with friends. You guys are just doing PvE though, right? No PvP yeah, yet? Yeah, no PvP yet. It's I want you to PvE. play PvP. Is there they only... also explained to me how much you actually hated PvP while doing it. Okay, <laughs> but I, looking back, I did enjoy moments of it. Um, it is a, PvP is a lot of fun in the game. Yeah, it, it sounds fun. It's also, it's a lot different. Like, PvP in this game is where a lot more of like the the real kind of like MMO stuff steps in where it's like you have to really focus your build, really mm-hmm. understand what like equipment sets you're wearing and all that you're kind right. of stuff. PvE is great because in this game, since everything is scaled to you, you pretty mm-hmm. much can do everything except for maybe like dungeons by yourself until you're super powerful and then world bosses because those are intentionally really strong. Real quick, is there open world PvP in this game? Like, I can you attack somebody on the road? I don't you can think only so. Duel people. Oh. Yeah, you can duel people. Yeah, but, but there's no. Okay. Do they have to agree but, to it? But yeah, so, yeah, they do. But Cyrodiil, the entire like 
area of Cyrodiil is all PvP. Oh, okay. So it's like a Wrathy Basin, I want to uh, say. No, it'd be like um, a Wrathy. No, no, it'd be uh, Altric Valley. Yeah. So yeah, there's, but it's like in WoW, everyone. a triangle essentially. Mm -hmm. Instead of like the WoW is just a linear, you know. Actually, line. no, it'd be more like Wintergrasp in uh, Wrath of the Lich King. There's like a whole zone that's just yeah. all PvP. Yeah, it's pretty okay. much. It is an entire zone that's PvP. You can take part in campaigns there. And all that kind of stuff. Did you guys play WoW or ESO? Do you guys play it? No. Okay. Mm -hmm. Did you play Elder Scrolls like Skyrim or? I played a little bit of Skyrim. Didn't get too far into it, but. It's a pretty yeah, big Sorry if I mute that mic from the rest of the night. <laughs> you, should, you should get it on your Switch. It's um. I have it for for the Switch. Oh yeah, you should, yeah. It's... My boyfriend plays it. Oh nice. All the time. Can you tell that guy to flip and give you the controller? <laughs> <for once? laughs> right, we agree. <laughs> So, so the with the dungeons, um, you're mostly doing four man dungeons, right? Mostly four man. There are these things called public dungeons, which are uh, essentially non instanced dungeons, and you can roll in there with a group, but there might be other people doing it at the same time as well. Um, those are actually can be soloable if you are a smart, if you are like have a good build. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, four man dungeons are what we're doing a lot of, which are super fun. They take maybe a half hour. Um, are there and raids in the game? Like a like there's, 10 yeah, or so they, 20? They, they, they call it, yeah, there's 12-man dungeons called Trials, and those okay. are supposed to be really hard and super cool. And they also, they they like unlock harder versions of themselves as you grow in levels of which you hit oh, veteran cool. rank and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, so, I saw like an achievement yeah. uh, advertised for that. Like, yeah, don't so touch the lava or something. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot. It's a... Uh, it's a fun game. It's it's actually really great. It's super just like immersive Elder Scrolls game. So, so Dave, you've um, been moderating. But yeah, you've also been playing. I it, have. Right? That's true. Thank you, Brian. Uh, I'm level five. I am like so You're huge. About a champ. I have like two spells. This game's got a Benjamin Button leveling system. <laughs> yeah, so. <you> start at <laughs> fifty. Yeah. Well, you actually start at six hundred. Oh, yeah. six hundred. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, so I'm level five. I am playing a. Nightblade, is that what they're called? Yeah, it's like a, it's like a rogue. That's what I'm playing. But um, I played a, a warlock in uh, World of Warcraft, and so I was doing some research on what was the most warlock-like character you can do mm -hmm. in ESO, and they were saying that a siphon-based uh, Nightblade was the most akin to a warlock. So I, I started playing it. So far, it's like just like any MMO when you first start out, it's like really it's got a slow. High buy -in, yeah. yeah, high buy-in. Like I'm, I'm level five. What's keeping me in the game so far is the, the the immersive factor of the world. It's like I'm playing an, an Elder Scrolls game yeah. at the moment. Um, it's not as like it's not as polished and in depth as a as a true Elder Scrolls game would be. And at the moment, I'm not really enjoying any sort of MMO aspects of it. Right. So I'm looking for by level ten to you know kind of like be sucked into it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but as of now, it's like I just gotta power through these few levels and. Um, yeah, it, th those those levels will come fast, and there's so much stuff to do to run off and explore. Um, Isn't that how most MMOs start though? Like I remember Final Fantasy Eleven. I was took me forever to get to level ten. Yeah, but Final Fantasy Eleven is like notoriously excruciating. <laughs> it, it, true, but this is going way slower than WoW though. Yeah. Like, um, I probably played two hours. You know, it's it's funny too, and part of it is because of um, the equipment sets I'm wearing now. But my my level, like, 30 to 40 went way faster than I think my 1 to 10 did. Oh, um, yeah? Because you're doing dungeons and stuff? Well, because I'm wearing equipment that has... So when you... With the crafting system in this game, you can craft traits into your gear. Mm -hmm. And one of the traits you can do is training, which adds, like, a oh, percentage bonus. of experience. That's cool. And so if you're wearing a full set, everything has training, that's, mm -hmm. like, 
you know, that's like another, that's like 60% experience nice. buff. That sounds like heirloom uh, gear and yeah. wow. So it's really nice. And we have a buddy who can hook you up. Okay. Yeah. But, Boom. uh, but yeah, you want to do a couple, like kind of start on some of the main quests and then kind of just get lost. Like you'll find delves, which are typically soloable because mm-hmm. they're like little mini dungeons that take maybe 10 minutes. Okay. Like find some of the stuff in the world. There's these things called sky shards, oh, which yeah. you can collect and will give you every three will give you an extra skill point. So there's lots of ways to earn skill points for your build besides just leveling up almost every nice. main quest in the game um, whether it be the main quest of Morrowind or the main quest of the base game offer skill points for completing them so there's like lots of flexibility with like how you kind of choose to go about things cool um, I've also been playing just before we continue um, I've also been playing a little bit of Rise of the Tomb Raider that game's great which is awesome um I loved the first one of this reboot, so I'm really looking forward to digging into this one. It probably will mean that I won't play the new Assassin's Creed because <sighs> maybe it'll were be on you, sale by the time. Were you going to play it anyways? I might have. I mean, if it's supposed to be really good, I when I hear things like "oh, it's really RPG like" or "really Elder Scrolls like" or "really Witcher three like," I just I think that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Oh, but... that's so funny because we all like uh, said that tonight. <laughs> we on the never show. Thing. Our hair's done talking for the rest uh, of the show. Yeah. Even though I played Witcher three, all the Elder Scrolls and many RPGs. Yeah, but it's but it's it's still Assassin's Creed. It is. I mean, they follow those blueprint, blue, uh, those blueprints though. It, like those. It, that, yeah, you yeah. Really it, feels, things that it feels different from a normal games. Assassin's yeah. Creed. It's game. not. It is not Assassin's Creed Two or One or Unity or Brotherhood. They did a really good job. Like that extra year helped them out a ton. But sorry, just want to put that. There. Yeah. No. Um, but anyway, uh, so I, I I might play it. But if it's you really should. as good as it's supposed to be, they'll probably make a better sequel. And by the time I actually get around to playing it, you know, like. I don't. I mean, is it is it really such a good story that I really should get back into it? Because I thought the main story is after good. two it was just the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. So is it, you play Assassin's Creed games for the story. Well, I mean, yeah. Was, I mean, I mean one and two, uh, <laughs> one and two started off really strong. Oh really? Yeah. But I mean, this so one, they blew it all. So. The story, the story, <laughs> the main story is good. Like it's not like the best thing ever, but the gameplay is so solid. That it's it is just fun to play. Like mm. I look forward to running around and hunting hippos and crocodiles, so I can. That sounds like gameplay, my... though. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean that's gameplay, but then I look forward to fighting a character named a hyena, so I can find out how that person contributed to the main arc of the story. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So there's a lot of stuff in there. But anyways, I don't want to. Did you have an ESO thing you wanted to update us on? No, no. I just oh, want to okay. let you guys know I'm playing it. I'm oh. level twelve Argonian Knight. Let the fans know. <laughs> fans. <laughs> Come at me, okay? I'm there. I'm on there. I'm there. I'm ready. Okay. So, um, uh, so Jake, uh, why don't you tell us what you're playing, man? Switch, switch, my gitch, my boy. <laughs> okay. What does that mean? It means Vita Vita's moved on to the Switch. Wow. Uh, what what games? Nice. What games specifically? Gitch. Uh, <laughs> old gitch. <laughs> What? <laughs> the old gitch and the jig nice. tricks. Okay, I feel I feel like that's a step backwards for me. Um, I need a little John. What? It's not forward. Um, that's what you mean, right? Yeah. <laughs> not an impersonator. I've been playing Breath of the Wild, but uh, I already talked about that a little bit. Um, you know about the rules yeah, in the I, show. You can't talk about things more than once. We never do. <laughs> We've, We've never, never ever spoken about a game twice. Oh, ever. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, can we swing back to Final Fantasy thirteen? Um, <laughs> I was I was thinking maybe like a <laughs> To be fair, it's we've actually already talked about thirteen. That is true, that is true. And, and oh, we love bad, thirteen too. I just we love do. how we have talked about thirteen. Let's talk about <laughs> thirteen too and grievances. <laughs> all right, all right, Jake. Uh, so what are you playing? Uh, Breath of the Wilds. Uh, what else on your Gitch? Um, Golf Story, which I have to. I'm going to be completely, completely you love. honest. I just want to get I, there in front of everybody. Could you just, loves could it. Oh, you be honest with us for once? I really. I don't like talking badly about video games, but I did not enjoy it. So he's saying he um, loves it. Is what he's wait, saying. Wait, wait, real quick. I, why don't you like talking badly about video games? Just curious. I don't know because I know I I read about their development and they worked pretty hard on it and then I just did didn't enjoy it at all. Did you, so I felt kind did of you bad. Read blood, sweat, and pixels. Did no, you? Read, Brian read. does not go a day without recommending that book. I someone, just, just have so to know. say, read blood, sweat, and pixels. I'm on the Halo Wars story. It's really good. So I'll so pick it up. Jolly person. Jolly. I guess that's your new nickname, Jake. Uh, you Jale. didn't like you didn't Jale like Gitch. Golf Story. Gitch, you didn't like Golf yeah. Story. The I didn't like the music. I thought it was kind of funky. But um, two things I really didn't like about it is uh, when you're and I'm a big fan of golf games. I've played all the Mario golf games and I used to play the Tiger, Tiger Woods ones a bunch. And um, when you're playing uh, the Golf Story, when you get to the the greens in in golfing games, normally it kind of switches to a zoom in, and yeah. suddenly it it zooms into the to the to the putting area, and it didn't do that for this game. That threw me off, and I didn't like it. Is there a story and, behind so that? So what you're saying is that you sucked at the game. <laughs> No, it was actually easier than than other uh, golf games, in my my opinion. But I didn't like that. I didn't like how when you would uh, hit the golf ball, there'd be like gophers that would that would come and steal it from you if you hit it. In the <laughs> what is this? You don't like that? That's Just, hilarious. I, no, you're talking about Caddyshack, a movie with Bill Murray. <laughs> no, it was not cool. Um, oh, really cool. And then um, I didn't mind it as much as Brian, but there was a lot of dialogue that I didn't find particularly funny. Yeah, that was um, kind of. And then, so... and last but not least, they were all nine whole courses, which is ridiculous. Uh, hello, give us a back nine, yeah. right? Where's <laughs> <laughs> the eighteen hole golfers? They're eighteen holes traditionally. Knock, knock, knock. Where's the back nine go? Uh, uh, back I don't nine? know. <laughs> Uh, so when you said Tiger Woods golf games, I was thinking of that <laughs> South Park where they're playing the Tiger Woods game, oh, yeah. and his wife keeps finding him on the field. Oh my gosh, that's so great! Uh, Beating right, yeah. him up for cheating. <laughs> I won't go long, but that was a big disappointment. But I did for uh, Black Friday, um, actually Cyber Monday. I picked up Poncho, which is a game I've talked about uh, in the past. I finally picked it up. When? It was t- when did you talk uh, about this? Because I date, actually don't please, remember. Jake, the date. <laughs> like epi- back on like episode 18 or 19, I, I talked about how I've been keeping an eye on Hey, did you ever beat Undertale? And... Yeah, I beat Undertale. I okay, good. We love that. So, okay, so um, go back to Ponchos, but we love Undertale. Yeah. You said you loved it. This is uh, on air. The, the final fourth, <laughs> the final quarter of Undertale was Was amazing. Drag, but, Thank you. It was a huge um, drag. No, sorry. <laughs> Donna, and uh, Thankfully, I edit these podcasts, so I edit <laughs> was no, a huge, yeah. great game. It's so... <laughs> it's, and, it was, it's so it's still pers- a great game, it's but great. he really kind of dropped the ball at the end there. It's just so, so particularly weird because it's such a short game. It's like six, seven hours. So it's weird to think like, oh man, the last like two hours of this game it really drags, but it really does. <laughs> it's not that the, the, bad. Oh, oh man. no, it is. The last two hours felt like six hours. Yeah. Uh, 
Jake, so, anything else you're playing? Time is in? relative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I picked up Poncho, and like I said, um, yeah, it's normally ten dollars. I picked it up for like two fifty on Cyber Monday, but and it's a short game. It's like five hours, but it's awesome. I love it. What um, is it? Okay, well, you know how Fez is kind of you right and left click, and it it switches the worlds in like that three D sort of way. Sorry, put um, an Xbox. We don't right and left click on an Xbox. Does <laughs> <laughs> it trigger an Xbox? Yeah, yeah. In this right game, trigger, your right and left click changes your well, poncho. It, in oh, poncho, it, it's leader. layered. So when you right trigger, you jump forward a layer, kind of like um, how layer animation used to be layered, you know, so, so there's these different layers. So instead of rotating the whole screen, you're, you're jumping back and forth. Um, between layers. Between layers. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm having a blast. I think it, the music, uh, some people, it's pretty, it's a relatively short game too. And um, I'm, eventually I want to uh, talk about the development a little bit because uh, it did not go well for the creators, but I'll dive into that another time. But um, I've I've finally got to play, and I, I'm a big fan. Dave, when you beat Fez, which I know you're close, you're gonna <laughs> hop, hop onto Poncho. Right on the cusp. Um, I don't even think it, you know anyone listening. You should pick it up. I, I'd buy it for ten dollars even, but um, uh, I don't think the the, cre- the the creators even get it in like any. Di- I don't know. They lost a, a, like everything when they made it. Again, that's a whole topic for another episode. All right. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. So, yeah. What do you got for us today, man? Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Quiz. yeah we have uh, a quiz today or something? Magit? We do. <laughs> Me and uh, the Reg, Reggie Poo. Uh, we were <laughs> never heard of him on this show ever. Yeah, he's... Uh, we're actually coming up with a pretty elaborate one, but that one's going to have to wait till the next time because I, we didn't finish it. So All uh, right. I have another, I have another really quick one this time. So I know, um, that we're talking about the switch and I think it, what it sold like 500 million units now, right, Brian? <laughs> yeah, it's a little close to 5 billion. It's, uh, <laughs> it's close to everybody on the planet, at least owning one. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically um, united our entire civilization. Everybody, you didn't read about that. Everybody's holding hands in the streets, playing switches. Playing switch, man. Right. How are they playing well, switch if they're holding hands? Oh, I mean, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got to get that explicit rating. <laughs> That's why we have it, Brian. So explicit stands for mean. Um, okay. Yeah. I think uh, I think this one will be kind of kind of interesting, though, guys. <laughs> I uh, I looked up by company total home consoles and handhelds how many they've sold, including all of them. So I'm going to ask you guys by company what are the four you know biggest companies including all handheld including all uh you know everything nintendo's made handheld nintendo super nintendo nintendo 64 are you giving us answers no no no. i'm asking i'm asking you guys what do you think the, the the four biggest are and how many in total do you think they've sold Okay, the four biggest consoles or the four biggest following. companies? By company. Okay, by company. Okay. So, you know, there's... So are you there's... Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft, or what are we doing? Yeah, Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft, and then there's one more that actually sold quite a bit, and I'm going to see if you guys can even guess it. But but pretty much it comes down to Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft. In total, how many have they sold? How many? All of their, oh, wait, all of their wait, consoles wait, wait, combined. Yeah. How yeah. Okay. Okay. Total, okay. total consoles not, not, overall, how many have they sold, right? Are we, by, co- by company. Yeah, by, by company. company. So when he's saying Nintendo, he's saying the Wii, the Super mm-hmm. Nintendo all combined, mm-hmm. how many have they sold? 
and then put that in order. So, right? Yes. So, yes. But then we're Sorry, also little, giving the little, number. Yeah, we're trying to give a number. How many they each sold? So rank them yeah. and then give the number of consoles and handhelds they've Your sold to date. Like yes. Has sold, you know, Okay. I know. I, wor- <laughs> I worded this a little poorly, but I think it's kind of yeah, interesting okay. in total when you see the numbers. So. All right. We got you. We're trying it out. All right, Brian, go. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! We're not ready. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just... I could actually go if you want. I'm you gonna have the ball. units no, too. You, no, you guys can take a, a I'm minute. A, okay, well, I'll take a You'll minute. You'll probably edit it anyway. Uh... Yeah, Brian can wait. <laughs> probably Neo Geo is the other main company. I'm actually pretty confident with my answers. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's Brian's weird. got that drinking confidence again. <laughs> I've been drinking a lot recently. Well, liquid, really what happens confident. when he doesn't wear his glasses? Justin. Party, Brian. More, Party, Brian. More mis- <laughs> are, are you guys down there at the end of the table ready? Oh, yeah. We're a team. Yeah. Oh, you so, guys are on the team? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're ready. Good. Yeah, we got okay. it. We're Let's good. Let's do it. All right. Uh, Gitch, let's hear those answers. Wait, wait, wait. He's wait, going to no, ask he, us who's he's going to ask yeah, us. Yeah. Oh, my God. Who do you want to shoot at? Uh, I heard there's a team there. The yeah. team's got to go first. All right. Go for it. Okay. I put Nintendo, $4 million. Wow. <laughs> I might have so, I might have chosen oh. the wrong team. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Adam. Get your horse in the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> Did you write? What I wrote copy Josh's answers. Oh, uh, I mean, that's, that's perfect. Josh, Josh, I got, Josh, let me interrupt you for just a second to give the listeners an opportunity to hear my voice instead of yours. <laughs> thank you. Right, thank so. you for that. All right. All right. Continue. <laughs> now, um, I got Sony, six million. I got Sega, four. And Microsoft, all of them. Okay, so this wow. is all a joke. Oh. Uh, forgive scientific. him, my friends. Answers you got there. That was not what he does. So, and so, it's underlined. So. Ashlander, you're you're putting your name on that paper too, right? Yeah. No, these I are actually her answers. I okay. She's just using them as a sacrifice too. Who's so going? Yeah. Prince. Yeah. Who's going next, time. Jake? Yeah. Just give us the next person. Uh, Brian, you're gonna go last. So Dave, you're next. Okay. Uh, I had Sony at first for five hundred million, Nintendo second two fifty, and then third was Microsoft at one seventy five, and then Atari at one hundred million. Brian's changing his answers. My voice cracked. <laughs> <laughs> Once per show, that's all you get. All right, I'm mean, tell you what happens. All right, I have Nintendo at five hundred million, Sony at two hundred million. Xbox at 100 million, or Microsoft and Sega at 100 million. Ooh. Hmm. Interesting. And uh, Brian, we're going to pass on you. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's do okay. the answers. So I, wait, <laughs> I'm going. Uh, I put Nintendo at 500 million. So, Jake, what are the answers? Sony at 400 million. Ooh. Really? Microsoft at 150 million. And Sega at 120 million. Just to answer real quick for Sony, it's because the PS2 sold 120 million alone. Oh, that's right. So it sold so many, and the PS3 yeah. actually, at the end of its life cycle, sold as many as the 360. So, hmm. yeah, I forgot about the legacy sales of the PS2. That's you right. gotta remember the legacy yeah, sales. Legacy sales. Come yeah. on. All right. Um, I know it wasn't on the list, but uh, bringing up fifth place is Atari at 32 million Ooh, total consoles. Only- 
a lot off. <laughs> <laughs> Sega comes in fourth at seventy-six million. That's uh, close for me. That was my first you answer. Or, uh, hundred million. <laughs> Not even anywhere near your name. What did you have? Hundred million. Hundred million. Next comes. Next comes in at Microsoft, which. My, 118 million. That that seems a little wrong, but that's what I came up with. That should be right. No, it's only three sense. consoles. Yeah. 100, so that 118 makes sense. million. Okay. Yeah. I would have thought they were a little more, but then we got uh, Sony guys. Sony came in at number two with 474 million. Wow. It's close. Nice. Yeah. I got Sony at 500 million, so I'm actually technically closest okay. to Sony's total. So I'm sorry. What do you have Nintendo at? 250. 250. Oh, wow. Thousand. Ooh, no. <laughs> you guys are th forgetting all their handheld sales. Yeah, which are the, all of the, like, all of the three top selling consoles of yeah. all time are Nintendo's. And, and 3DS yeah. had like a hundred plus million it, of its own, like, right. let alone the oh, Wii, which was also okay. hundred. And the DS. I'm yeah. so <laughs> dumb. I'm Nintendo <laughs> Sorry, Dave. We just wanted to rub in your face how dumb you were over and over again. So uh, hey, guys. I'm Dave. I'm like, the <laughs> You gonna do some skateboard tricks or something, man? <laughs> Bro, I was like totally reading the law today. And... <laughs> I'm just no, a law, bro. Law. You can't take, you you can take the bro out of the law, but not the law of the bro. <laughs> no uh, one says that. And then, last but not least, Nintendo comes in at 699 million. Oh, dang! My original answer was 700 million, and I crossed it out. To put Nintendo at 500 million. All because he's not wearing his glasses. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now I have a question for you. How oh does this gosh. tie into Mary Shelley's Frankenstein? Wow. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I love how the one time Beat Beat gets out of this thing, Josh tries to drag him back to the <laughs> underworld. Hey, hey we got themes, man. We all got to stick with them, all right? Wait, so Gitch, real quick, a listener contacted me and told me how much they love the frankenstein bit just fyi <laughs> wait they contacted you what through twitter on a, on a cell phone <laughs> just there's a stalker plenty yeah, of fish. oh are we are we putting Tinder. our private cell phones on on twitter these days yeah <laughs> yeah so, i uh i regularly post dave's number on twitter <laughs> it's the only thing that's i post that's why i get so many calls that's amazing uh, fan out there, yeah. Mary Shelley is really good. Uh, if you're done with that, I'd no Lord move on to Dracula. <laughs> What's the word uh, count on that book, Jake? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, Frankenstein, yeah. Oh, I used to know it. Um, <laughs> I think it's around 200,000, give or take, but it seems right. We need to get those real numbers, we <laughs> need the stats on that. Uh, so, so Jake, Jake Mabake, aka V Skeet McGeet, whatever. Ooh, Jake switch, switch, Jake and Bake. Jake and switch, Bake. switch, switch, <laughs> uh, thanks for, thanks for popping on, man. It's been great having you. Love the quiz. Uh, I, I think that I got the A plus of the group, pretty sure, with my answers. Yeah. Uh, no, not even <laughs> actually, close. Um, are you great? Actually, on a who, curve? who did hey, one? Jake, you gonna join us for game of the year next week? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm down. We'll have to bring you on, my boy. Let's do it. All right, Jake. Um, wait. Oh, guys, who won? Who won? Uh, I think I was probably know. the closest. No, I won. Uh, but sure. me or Eric were yeah, really, really yeah. close. Yeah. Uh, no, me okay, and Ash Eric and our won. team, so we get double the points. And you got so, four yeah. million. I also get total. Points. Points. I guess uh, all of them. So Josh, 
I'm going to make a quiz for you next time. And it's gonna be <laughs> What's it going to be super... like? like? Yes, the dumbest <laughs> Sega, <laughs> Sega mobile games or something. I don't know. Dude, I'll figure it out. Uh, what's this camera used for? Oh, yeah. Josh uses cameras. Okay, I guess. It's a camera quiz. It's all like really remedial Sesame Street themed <laughs> questions. <laughs> yeah. About the, the like actual people characters in the show. <laughs> Gloria and yeah. whatever. Uh, Ooh, don't do that, great. but you can. Oh. Elmo. Uh, Elmo. Last but not least, guys, I'm going to plug the public libraries out here in Eugene. Are cool. uh, I went and got a library card with uh, my wife. Actually, we got uh, like a couple months ago. And um, keep reading, my friends. What are the late fee policies over there? I don't know. I've never been late. Wow. Ooh. You just yeah. got put in your wow. place. Wow. <laughs> I'm going home, guys. <laughs> uh, so, so Jake Bake, thanks a lot, man. Have a great week, and we'll, uh, we'll phone you in next week. Veep, veep, mesquite. All right, man. Out. Love you. You hung up on him. Uh, guys, I think I need a quick little break bake. Uh, so let's hear from our friends at uh, Humanican Media, a.k.a. Uh, what's his, what's the bit? What uh, is pop Culture Hugh, the game we were just talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, Pop Culture Cosmos. Let's hear, from, let's hear from the pops. All right, guys. Hey everyone, venture into the pop culture cosmos today, where you'll hear our conversations on different topics within the world of movies, TV, video games, comic books, technology, board gaming, and more. You'll also get a taste of some of our other shows within the cosmos as well. So come on and join us each week as we delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back. Thank you to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Um, real fast, we're going to do a, a super abbreviated stock corner because, mm, I mean, a lot of stuff did happen, but it's mostly negative. Um, so positive, right? <laughs> everyone is, is mega down today. Um, this is for the medical world. Negative would be good. That's true. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. Uh, uh, so real quick, uh, Nintendo NT Dui was down 3.45% today. They're, they closed at $48.52. I think it actually, we probably should say that this is Monday, December 4th, yeah. because by the time people listen to it, the stock prices are going to be Yeah, it's Wednesday, December 6th by that time. Yeah, right. exactly. So so we're, we're giving you stock from Monday, and you listen to it on Wednesday. Just keep that in mind. Um, so Nintendo stock has gone down almost $1.50 since last time we spoke and um i do you think that's because xenoblade chronicles 2 and no <laughs> no it's actually it's actually probably because i bought uh some shares of nintendo uh over the like on monday <laughs> so that's probably why thanks dave like, i We're know drop this bad boy down to 30 dollars <laughs> um it's like that uh south park where uh kyle's friend facebook friends the, the kid that's a loser and he loses all his friends <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i thought you were talking about the south park where they go to the bank <laughs> and, and, and it's gone, gone. <laughs> yeah it's gone um I do still think that Nintendo's going to go up um, before the year's over. But yeah, as of now, I've lost $6. So how do you feel this about that? This is the that? worst day of my life. <laughs> you know, it's not quite... Um, I mean, that's like a meal at Del Taco. <laughs> Are you going to be able to get that, bur that burger <laughs> yeah. at Del Taco? It's like six items on the dollar menu. Tacos that got away. <laughs> 
Uh, anyways, though, some people are thinking that it's because the Animal Crossing app isn't making money, which is like such a typical stockbroker thing it, to It was say. doing really well, though. I thought, I am, I thought people it, were It's doing well, it. but it's not making the money that people anticipated. Yeah. I'm so happy you brought that up. Does anyone here play that? No. Mm-mm. No? Ashlander, you play it. I uh-huh. do not play it. <laughs> I have heard... Brian's got his glasses back on for this game. Oh my gosh. So I, know I gotta take business. the glasses off. Glasses um, are coming off. Should have waited for your like moment. Like I've heard that. No, I, <laughs> I've literally, I've heard that uh, Animal Crossing is like not good by it, several other video game podcasts. No one seems to like it. It's free though. Right? People have already deleted it from their phones. They're so angry with it because it really pushes microtransactions on you. <laughs> oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So, well, yeah. So, so analysts have been have been fed the information that it's not making the money that it was originally anticipated to make. And I think that's caused the stock price to go down a little bit. But if you look at all of our all of our favorite stocks, they're all really down today. Um, tech in general is just kind of uh, taking a beating for um, like geopolitical reasons. I'm not really sure all what they are, this but is fake news. This is fake news. <laughs> uh, any, any anytime I talk about anything that's not video game related, it's fake news. Uh, so he's segueing, a fake news uh, portrayer all the time. Segueing into Activision Blizz, uh, they're down 5.42% today. Is which, that because they're a fake news proponent? Yeah, exactly. Which is, that's pretty sizable. Five, 5.5% is quite a bit. So they closed. It's more than 4.5%. You're right. That's <laughs> that a good is, point. That's true. And how will net neutrality affect this? Um, it's neutral, so there'll be no effect. <laughs> um, so they closed the day at $58.60. Uh, last week, they closed at $63.93. So that's a. Well, margin math. I don't know what that number is. It's but a you know a number. Number. You know, it's we, a number. We as numberologists on this show <laughs> like the know our numericals. Still just so. stuff. Uh, analysts still think though that Activision is going to have a good rest of the year, and, and they're they're still saying to invest in that stock. So, do you mind me know. asking why analysts think that Activision is going to be good for the rest of this year? Um, I mean, well, why do you think that it's not going to be good? They have nothing besides Destiny Two DLC. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, you, you always have to factor in Blizzard. You you can't forget about Blizzard in this. Oh, Hearthstone. I forgot we didn't talk well, about that yet. Well, Hearthstone and microtransactions and um, Overwatch and Blizzard has a lot of merchandise. I don't know. I, Blizzard's always going to make money, I feel like. And I think... And analysts, they're not... I mean, they're not usually gamers, I'm assuming. No. Like, they're not looking at it from, like, a what's good and what's not good. They're looking at it from, If like, I were somebody that would put in stock, I would start looking, start looking, at, looking, at, looking at game money yeah. off of... They, they look at trends, though, right? And the trends are what tells them... Yeah, they look at trends. They look at earnings. They look at the tech sector. They look at geopolitical stuff. They, they're... So analysts are kind of like... They're investors, but they look at everything as a whole. And... Um, Video games make up the tech industry, part of the tech industry, but the tech industry and video games are, are hugely different, just like video games and cameras or video games and music. They're all they're all completely different. But what is, is the be- difference between a video game and a camera? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Josh. <laughs> And but, there is music in video games, right? So, so yeah, to your guys' points, though, that uh, analysts don't necessarily follow, like, the blow-by-blow blow of the Kotaku gaming news, or they, they don't always subscribe to Super BS, which is their loss. But, um... I realize this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but, they, um, but they look at, like, the trends, like you said, and they look at earnings and things like that. So, given those things, they think that Activision Blizzard is still going to be a winner um, in, the, in the short run. 
Um, anything, anything else you guys want to talk about? Activision? I think we should just bring up the news article about Hearthstone right now because... I think that's a great idea. A great idea. Um, because you were talking about Blizzard, and I think Donna was the one who... Yeah, I don't us. know a ton about it. I've just read that it's going to be hard, make it harder for new players to get into and, the game. And I've been reading that about the previous uh, expansion DLCs and as I well. I experienced that from the previous. Isn't it already a hard game, though, to play? I mean, it's, it's a hard a card just, game. Card. <laughs> one letter off, John. Yeah. My mistake, guys. <laughs> I'm going home. Letters and, letters and numbers. Let's it's leave them a, to the other guys. It's not a hard game to play. It's a hard game to break into now that you haven't been playing it for five years. Like, if you just wanted to pick up Hearthstone, you would you would just get slaughtered because you wouldn't have any of the rare or whatever cards. I think you'd probably have to put in, like, at least 50 bucks to be even potentially viable. Yeah, and that's something they, they've been mentioning for the last two expansions, and specifically this one, is that unless you're willing to spend quite a bit of money, you can't get into the meta anymore. What's the new expansion called? Kobold? Something like that. And they're not doing... They don't do... Are they doing seasonal things like Magic does, where it's like... It is, yeah. There are seasons now. Because Magic makes it so that you, you know, like... But they, they do a season for, I want to say, two... It's two years. Yeah, two years. Mm-hmm. And then all those other cards are in a thing called the Wild. So you can so, at least... You don't have yeah. to lose them, but, you know... Yeah, there, there's two modes. There's seasonal, which is the last two years of all expansion expansions and adventures, and there's Wild. Um, so Wild is um i mean if you've been playing the whole game you're rewarded in that sense but if you've been playing recently you want to stick with seasons but even then though like if you haven't played for a couple years you're you're going to be at a disadvantage because you won't have access to certain adventures because the adventures are discontinued and certain decks certain meta decks rely heavily on various adventure cards so they they're basically either encouraging you to always play the game and then punishing people who are just entering the game i'm obviously not directly but there's no way for those players to be top players Speaking of that, has anyone ever played the Elder Scrolls card game? No, that I, and I the Witcher 3's one. I just I got just... an email for like a free expansion for it, and apparently they like for playing the card game, you get like mounts for Elder Scrolls Online and stuff. That's pretty That's cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah Blizzard does a lot of really cool things yeah, like they, that. They do yeah, like all their games. Yeah. Yeah. I have a um a Hearthstone mount in uh, WoW actually. It's just a giant card he runs. I also <laughs> I have the uh it's Heroes of the Storm. I have the Hearthstone card that you ride. Oh yeah. As your mount oh, in you Heroes really? of the oh, Storm. Oh, cuz there yeah. are mounts in Heroes of the yeah, Storm. Yeah, that's awesome. That. Did you guys get to play Hearthstone real quick? I've never played any of the card games. Ashlyn? Played a little. Never really got fully into it. Really? Are you are you guys Blizz babies that's over there? That's pretty much how I was. Are you a Blizz baby? Mm, not too much, no. No, okay. Right on. Um, well, should we should we just round out the rest of the stock corner and just get this over I want to know about some more of them. How could you round out a corner? Wow. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Very good geometry <laughs> question. We're really big into numbers and geometry I'm, on this I'm show. I'm going to skip Ubisoft tonight because no one wants to talk about it. No! <laughs> some um, of us are thinking about investing in them Ubisoft hills. Oh, okay. Uh, real quick, let More me just... like Ubisoft. Let me just, let me just touch quickly on, on EA and Take-Two. So EA was also down today, uh, close to 5%. They're, they closed the day at $100.83. Um, when you buy shares in them, do you buy them through loot boxes? Or how, do you <laughs> do? <laughs> how does that work? Jake, do you want to so tell everyone about that? What you're referring to, like <laughs> this week, the big news? Let me just, Josh, let me just interrupt you for a second to say that was a good joke. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, Thanks, guys. That's real good. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Wait, so what happened this week, dude? I. Sorry. 
what did happen? I didn't actually read that article. What? Oh. <laughs> Guys, I ruined it. I, I had a good joke. And That's why I, I stopped moderating. That's why, why I gave yeah. up. Sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I should never try again. Sorry, yeah. I asked the wrong flipping person Te- one time. Technically, is you put me on the spot. This is your fault. That's true. That is my fault. We're going to move on I to... Uh, <laughs> I believe EA altered the amount of um, rewards you get for multiplayer. Yeah, it's crazy, yeah. right? It, they know that what they did was like effed up, and I guess that game's not selling well, which is crazy Wait, for Star Wars. Wasn't wasn't Destiny did something like that too, right? If you were if Destiny did something, that Destiny still hasn't been resolved. So Destiny did something where they they miss they spread misinformation about what they were doing to their experience system, and then players that are really cognizant of that kind of stuff discovered that their their experience bars were moving like progressively slower. Uh, yeah, they resolved it. You heard what oh, the the resolution it. was. They just raised the experience cap on everything. So instead of getting more experience for stuff, everything takes longer to get. Oh. And the reason why they did that, and this sorry, I this goes back to Activision Blizzard, but is because they sell those Ingrams that you get for every level up after you get yeah. to the cap. So like, why would they give those people more experience for it? Right. Mm. It's that's ah, true. Sorry, just wanted to throw that. Interesting. In. But did you guys talk about the Star Wars Battlefront two thing where they lowered the did you talk about it just now while you were talking about that? <laughs> well, I wanted to talk about it again. Sign, but, uh, American Sign, we've been talking about. I like talking about sign language. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'll let you get back to it, Dave. I'm sorry. I, I don't have it. I don't know about anyway, this. It's interesting because I feel like those kind of like, I'm sure if EA went to their board and said, "Here's how we're going to make money with this new game. Here's our like loot box system. Here's our microtransaction system. Here's how we're going to suck players in." I'm sure that their board members were like super stoked, like, oh, these gamers are so stupid, they're going to buy all this stuff. <laughs> it's, we are. Wait, it's, whoa, it, we're not. <laughs> it, it's going to be interesting because, like we talked about the other week, there's that divide is increasing between like indie games and then AAA games, which are becoming extremely unstable as far as the industry goes. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah, I just find it crazy that they literally re- changed their whole system like now it's uh i was i was reading that was originally 300 credits you get a match you get 600 now yeah and they have to change it because that's twice as much <laughs> that's, that's literally <laughs> two times the value. wait so if, at percentages, if you're getting that's 100 percent more <laughs> if you're getting twice the amount of experiences does that mean the the cost for stuff is going is up or higher no, no the cost for stuff they kept it there because i mean you guys we talked about this last week but there was like legal stuff. They were going to like this. The state of Hawaii was looking yeah, into. Yeah, I saw that guy. He's saying it's preying on gamer psychology. Yeah, and so it's they, also like giving gambling to young kids and if, stuff. If the federal government starts looking into games, then they have a lot more problems than just like making money. You know, so but, hey, honestly though, how much of their money is actually made off drunk people? playing video games oh man that's a great question that's very (laughs) accurate the hearthstone story you talk about dave i want to say it was two or three weeks ago which one with the guy who spent oh that dude who spent 1800 on his hearthstone collection i'm sure he was drunk if he wasn't drunk like oh no but that dude's been doing it um there was another guy he wrote like he's like a forbes contributor and he said he did it as well and he's been doing it since the game has come out yeah we have a friend that's habitual how much do you think tim spent on magic like five grand oh no dude i just i just was talking to tim and he told me that he's working on a deck uh that is um nine hundred dollars to craft and it's a the the deck the most of the cards in the deck are only useful in that deck right it's like insane dude yeah 
Um, yeah. So if, unless that other guy is drunk 24-7, then yeah, maybe not. Um, hey, real quick. Did you hear about the guy that beat the GoldenEye speedrun record? No. I want to hear it. He the the old speedrun record was fifty three seconds and he did it in fifty two and it took him sixteen years to do it. Wait, wait, wait real quick. Time well spent. <laughs> wait, 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 wait a second, wait a second. He beat Goldeneye in fifty two seconds. Fifty two seconds, yeah. Um, I, I don't know how he did it. I gotta I watch that video. Yeah. I, the only Goldeneye speedruns I've watched were um they're like every stage. Uh, speedruns. So th- I'm curious what category that is. It's like a, a glitch run, I'm assuming. I, I would assume if that's how fast he beat it. But the yeah. question is, what do you do after that? Like, what what else is there left to strive for? You see the the cinematic in the dam level. You do that <laughs> without a bungee. If you, <laughs> CEO of the greatest company of America. Okay, you've done everything else on earth, man. Dude, I love speedrunning, and I feel like it's not represented enough on this show. <laughs> so we can talk about that more later in the new year. New Year's resolution Game's for the show. Game's done quick. Game's done quick. Um, all right, so real quick, let's run out the stock corner. Um, take two was down 7.81% today. That's our biggest loser for the day. $102.11 is what it closed at. Last week it was trading at 117 What has Take Two made recently that's earning them money? Just Grand Theft Auto V sales still. <laughs> so I don't mean, even know what they I guess made that makes really. sense. I mean, they have Red Dead coming up. Um, they have a lot of acquisitions, though. So I'm, I'm not, I can't really speak to all those. Um, anyways, though, the moment of Brian's truth, Ubisoft, Hooray. they closed today at $15.16. They are also down today about 2.5%. They um, last week sold at $15.69 and the week before, $16.06. How, so how many of those sales are coming from Egypt? Uh, oh. <laughs> stock sales from Egypt <laughs> of, uh, they've been inspired by so all the super BS listeners though I actually searched Ubisoft stock recently and I had to ask Dave off the record this is off the podcast I'm bringing you in I'm talking inside baseball right now um, and it brought me to their euro stock prices which were about 65 euros a stock why do they have a different stock for the New York Stock Exchange because Euro. so so large companies like this, um, well, they have multiple companies for one, and Nintendo's the same way. Nintendo trades on the Japanese stock market yeah. under a different ticker, um, and then under the U.S. under uh, I'm not sure if they're Nasdaq. I forget. I can check, but um, in the, in America they trade under NTDOI. So Ubisoft is the same way. They trade in European stock markets, um, and their stock is trading at sixty dollars or sixty euro. Uh, here it's trading at around fifteen sixteen. So. Um, did you? Are you curious about investing into Ubisoft? Yeah, I'm just curious. Should I invest in a you know U.S. Ubisoft or Euro Ubisoft? I, I would invest in the U.S. Ubisoft because it's a lower price point. So sixty euro for one. It's Euro. You're dealing with Euro, so you have um, uh, whatever con- conversion rates that you have to deal with, and you have to worry about. So the, the dollar and the Euro are always at odds with each other. So with um, with the U.S. Um, it's a lot lower price point as well, which is good because um, as a young investor, as a 16-year-old investor, yeah. you will be... <laughs> I mean, I'm still playing high school football, man. I just became a senior in high school. The These big games this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> trying to just scrounge that money up, man. $15 is kind of a lot. Gotta mow those lawns, man. Shut that snow. I might get two stock at 30 bucks, but I don't know. So, so when you're dealing with... Um, 
with small quantities, the lower the price point, the better, because most brokers charge like a six or seven dollar um, brokerage fee for uh, making the transaction for you. So if you deal with um, lower volumes, you can get more stock um, and bas basically more bang for your buck. So I would recommend investing in the, the Ubisoft that trades on the U.S. stock market versus the European stock market. Um, investing in Ubisoft in general, though, you're just you're just curious. You want to invest in Ubisoft? Um, just be, like why why not any of the other companies? Just curious. Because He's really into Assassin's Creed this week. Because I like <laughs> Assassin's Creed. Because <laughs> I like Assassin's Creed this week, and because it's fifteen dollars. Okay. Yeah. No. Now um, it's doing really well on the Tamriel stock market since it's so much like an old school yeah, game. Yeah. Um, it's uh, what is the currency? It's just gold. And, just gold. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's so not gold. Yeah. Gold. Yeah, gold. Gold. What was the Kingdom Hearts stock again? Monies. Yeah. M money. M U N N monies. That's awesome. No, it wasn't monies. It was just money. Uh, M U N N Y. Oh, that's awesome. I think Ubisoft would be a good bet. Um, one because yeah, it's a low price point, so you can you can get a little more bang for your buck. And then also, you know, they're mo most likely going to be acquired by Vivendi uh, sooner or later. No, 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 man. They promised they weren't going to try to buy them. What's <laughs> you said this year? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know something we don't? No, I, I don't know. Tell us. I don't know. And will their stock go up a bunch once they're bought by Vivendi? I yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Traditionally, when a company is purchased like that, the stock goes up. Um, there, there are situations I think when the stock goes down, but it's it most likely will go up. Um, yeah, guys. So that's the stock corner. So stock corner. <laughs> you sound like um, oh, who's that actress? There's like an actress whose voice does that. Who can't speak ever and can't sing high notes anymore because they use their voice. Yeah, it's just much. like a really raspy voice. Can't come to it. Can't think of it right now. Any better? Anyways. Um, the chick from uh, Louis that's also in King of the Hill and oh, Recess. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I gotta watch some more Louis. I, it's been a long time since I watched Louis. Watch before it's gone. <laughs> they gonna take it off? I don't know. With Kevin Spacey has gone from Netflix. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. Uh, Did, are they taking Sunny House too. of Cards off Netflix? They're they're finishing the last season without Kevin Spacey. But they're gonna leave the previous season. Oh, out is that possible? Is that harassment stuff? Is that what yeah, this is yeah, about? Yeah, I'm like. Because he touches 14-year-old boys. I mean, boys. he did touch 14-year-old boys. Okay, so. we know that for sure. No, it's been proven. There's a I video mean, on YouTube. I'm a 16-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> did he turn you down because you all to... <laughs> He's the only boy he hasn't touched. He's been trying to get to me nonstop. <laughs> a lot of boys. <laughs> wow. Okay, now I know why we're explicit. Um, so, so now that we're done with the stock corner, we... Didn't have oh yeah so we got some news we can talk about today I guess we covered a lot of it in the stock corner but that's that's true. true we got yeah. one we got one thing left um uh so man I just want to hear about like what's going on with the mega that's terrible <laughs> so dumb right, you, 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 you get like three points for crying Yo, man, I Dude, love when that. I'm like not totally busy with the law, <laughs> I was just like thinking of some mega yeah, ways you, to you, be mad. You get 11 more tries, Dave. Oh, wow. X marks You the get spot. one try for Josh interruption. So. <laughs> what are you at, like seven? Or? Okay. So you got, you got some lives. I got, I got some. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Eric, why don't Donna? You can, you can craft, like, it's kind of like a crafting system. You can craft like seven. Josh interruptions into one okay. more try for yourself. One wow. Okay. So what's um, going on with the old MM? 
So Capcom, which is uh, one of the dumber companies that exist, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they they do some cool games. Like yeah. they're not as bad. As... Street Fighter Five. Half okay, a game. don't. Yeah. Hey, they I have, mean, they, they do Street Resident Evil. Yeah. Street Fighter Five <laughs> is like the uh, you know how they're a two person for one team kind of thing <laughs> of games. I'm just saying they still Resident Evil Seven was supposed to be good. The previous Resident Evils were good. Mega Man's a great series. It's not, they're do not you, EA. Do you play Resident Evil I, 7? Devil May Cry. Is it the Assassin's no. Creed Origins of Resident I Evil? I did not get a chance to play Resident Evil 7. We all talked about that. How great this year. How Witcher 3 like is Resident Evil 7? I'm going to break this microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, seconds. no, but uh, Capcom did announce Mega Man 11. Actually, they. Um, so they've, they've been releasing these Mega Man Legacy collections, which are uh, just, you know, what, exactly what they sound like. All the Mega Man games. Um, in a collection, and two actually two digital collections for the various systems out there. I don't, are they on Switch yet? No, they have no okay. games on Switch. I mean, besides Resident Evil Revelation, right? But um, collection of these games, like the you uh, unlockables, they actually uh, people found art for Mega Man Eleven, and were like, "Oh, what's this concept art for?" And now it's been confirmed that that is what it is. They released a, tra- a trailer today for Mega Man Eleven. Interestingly enough, they're, for the last two Mega Mans that they've done, they've been doing Nintendo, like regular Nintendo style, 8-bit games, um, super old school. This one is a little bit more closer to the Mega Man 7, Mega Man 8. It's 3D models on a 2D plane. Looks kind of interesting. It looks a little bit good. like what that what was that Mega Man World of Mega Man or whatever the that one never was released. That looked really cool. Looked really cool. Yeah, where you, it's like the level builder one, the Mario Maker before there was Mario Maker. Yeah, Ooh, that um, sounds cool. It was yeah. Really. Cool. This is why Capcom is one of the dumber companies out there because is it they canceled still a side that game. Is it? Yeah, okay. side scroller. Um, yeah, they had a bunch of Mega Man projects that looked really great, and then they just decided to cancel them all. Remember Mega Man Legends three that had yeah. literally like a huge fan support and upswell. Right. And they're like. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there that Mega Man clone that came out like earlier? So Mighty this year? Mighty Number Mighty... Nine. It's oh, lo- yeah, it yeah, is a Mega. Terrible. It's supposed to be bad. However, it is designed by the creator of Mega Man. Kaiji so, Inafune. And it's so 3D with with 2D. Part of yeah. Part of Capcom's uh, bad notoriety is that they wouldn't let him make Mega Man games. Basically, they were like they're very poorly run company so he quit started his own company. Yeah. But it ran into a lot of funding and development issues with Mighty Number no. Nine. Um, supposedly it's all right, but um, most, uh, yeah. But uh, Mega Man 11 looks pretty interesting, and then they also are releasing a Mega Man X collection, which is coming out on Switch. That is awesome. Um, I'm down for that. All the Mega Man Xs. Yeah, as well That's as awesome. PS4 and Xbox One. And real quick though, aside from Mega Man X, do you guys play Mega Man X? No. Mega I'm Man not. X two or three. On Super Wait, Nintendo. Any Mega Man. Yeah. 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 So I. I no one knows this, but I built a retro pie, and I now everyone knows. Now <laughs> secrets out. Ukraine knows, and I downloaded uh, X2 and X3, and those games are almost impossible to play. They, they are. They're so freaking hard. Yeah. Did you get to the alligator? That guy's awesome. Um, I you mean, can actually choose which level yeah, you start exactly. at. Yeah, I could. <laughs> I could get to one him. level though. I, I was playing X2. I could not beat one boss. It was like, I know I suck, but it yeah. was it was hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the news. 
That is all the news all for the news. us. Hey, we got we Literally got some Chocobos and Assassin's Creed. Let's oh, oh, yeah. what? What? Sorry, <laughs> we got into the show. This we is like we saved the best chocobos. for last, guys. It's a uh, it's a very important thing. They are going to be putting Chocobos in Assassin's Creed Origins. So wow. And they yeah. will be pronouncing them Chocobos, even though it's pronounced Chocobos. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> Chocobros. Chocobro. Well, do you think they'll be playing the music when you ride them? Ooh, who knows? I'm still I'm still obsessed with my Assassin's Creed armor for Noctis. <laughs> did, you, did you get it? I got. It. I haven't used it though. Um, well, it's free, so I'm, I so I think I I think we have one last segment of the show tonight. We wanted to talk a little bit more about our guest tonight. Uh, we that would be me. That's <laughs> we know he's never been on the show before. But I'm so, actually guessing as Dave. Oh, dude. <laughs> I love this, like, dude, law bro persona. That yeah. is you in a nutshell, me. man. It's me. I know it. Uh, so, so, Ashlyn, Ashlander, uh, we have heard that you are an animator of sorts, right? I am. So, yes. so what, do you, what do you animate? What do you draw? Uh, I don't draw too much. It's usually just all... Uh, pretty much just 3D type things. Is it um, 3D, 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 3? No. <laughs> do, you, do you watch Tim and Eric? Mm-mm. Okay, you should watch Tim and Eric. Okay, we'll... we'll I will. Or no. I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll get back to you on that. So so you, you're in 3D, right? Yeah. What does that mean? Uh, so that means just it like... means that you're not in 2D. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Come on. Oh, dude, you're in 3D right now, bro. <laughs> you're moderating the show? Jesus. I don't know. I'm... So... I like, was so enthralled with the law, I forgot what dimension I was in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... All right, just, you're just going to have to keep going. Anyway, guys... <laughs> you have to work through it, okay? I believe in you. <laughs> all right, all right. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, no, it's pretty much just like whatever you see in video games and stuff like that. Just mm-hmm. any 3D modeling. Uh, not too much in character animation, but uh, yeah, I work a lot in Cinema 4D. We do a lot of uh, digital marketing for just AAA. I did a Quiznos commercial recently, and. Just a bunch of other stuff, and did you model 3D sandwiches? We did not. <laughs> so, so um, you work for a company. Is it like a sort of a contractor or a consultant for it's sort of Quiznos these, for these other companies, or do you work for Quiznos? <laughs> no, it's just um, so what happens is com- like multiple companies come to us mm-hmm. for just you know commercials or how-to videos or anything like that. Um, so it's not exactly that I work for a specific company. Per se, it's just that we're just kind of like an agency or production agency, pretty much. Nice. Have you ever worked in Maya? Yes. Okay, cool. Very frustrating program to work with. I prefer cinema. <laughs> that's that's what uh, Pillars of Eternity, I think, was done in. Was Maya? Like I, I Blood Sweat and Pixels. It's a book I've never talked about on the show yeah. before. My <laughs> <laughs> <is>. God, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> So if you're working in Maya a lot, 2012 must have been a big deal for you. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to the truth. So Ashlander, how long have you been animating? I have animating. been. <laughs> 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 uh, I, I rule. Uh, school counts probably like six years or so. We mm-hmm. do a lot of other stuff. It's not just animation. So I work a lot of like the Adobe Suite. So After Effects, Photoshop, Illustrator. 
Um, we pretty much have to wear multiple hats when we do this. Um, Not any hats. We guys had the same joke at the same time. Oh, now is this like Mario Odyssey hats? <laughs> I was actually about to ask how many hats you put on at the same time. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes hats. I was going to ask that originally too, but then I thought of Mario Odyssey. And That's mm. a really good joke. That's joke. very mm. themed. Yeah. Just, I have no idea how to answer any of you. But, um, answer all of them at once, please. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just like you're not really working on one thing every single day. It's just multi like I could be working on this animation for AAA, and then they could come to me and be like, hey, we need something for Bosch like as soon as mm. possible. So you constantly have to just be on your feet. It's more problem solving than anything. There's so many different ways to do one thing. How has your animation background affected the way that you play games or has it? Like, do you look at something and be like, oh, I really appreciate the animation style in this game or, oh, I think they could have animated this better or I would have animated it this differently. Do you, do you use that at all in your in your gameplay? Not during gameplay, just because I'm too focused on trying to win. But um, I focus more movies. When I watch movies, it really kills it for me. Just because hmm. you, I watch it in every single scene, especially like title sequences or anything like that. I'm just all like, oh, they used this deformer to do this. And then... Do, do you see like bad editing and jump cuts where there shouldn't oh my be? Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Do you yeah. see like... Fake Admiral Tarkins. <laughs> Do you or see like Leia CGI? <laughs> when you're watching Boss Baby on repeat, like how is that animation? The main, my main reference I go to all the time, Boss Baby. Boss Baby, you know, the BB. Yeah. So that's it. One, so. So. Yeah, but um, no, there's a lot of different things you do pay attention to. <laughs> Sorry, there's definitely not a cat. Uh, my in cat Timber just made an appearance. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely a lot of things that I normally wouldn't pay attention to, but it's kind of it kind of sucks in a way because you're just so focused on how they did things and it's just automatic. You know, as soon as it comes on, you're just all like, "Oh, that compositing's wrong. Like that looks really weird." Or like edit like editing, bad editing and stuff like that. And it's just you point it out so much that you don't really pay attention to anything else. I feel like yeah. So you can't really turn it off after a while because you do this. I do this every single day. Yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, it's definitely a blast. I love the best part about it. It's just obviously problem solving, and you make you feel so smart. Like <laughs> after a while, you're just all like, "I did it!" And then you just have to like stand back and be like, "Oh my gosh, I have to appreciate this moment." And then that happens pretty much all the time. So it's pretty great. That's awesome. That's One cool. animation thing I want to ask about because mm. we love this game. We've talked about it a lot. Cuphead. What do you think about it? Because I heard they did 24 frames of animation. Talked about you playing it. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you think about it as an animator? I know you do 3D stuff, but yeah. it's Most still... Most cups, you draw a lot of cups. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. It's still like... Very picky about your cup <laughs> No, I love it. Cuphead is amazing. And I definitely appreciate that sort of animation. Just because I, you know, I always watch behind-the-scenes stuff back when, like, you know, old Disney movies and Snow White and how they did their reference footage first and then the animator was actually on set drawing that. So it's, you know, you gotta appreciate your roots and things like that. So yeah, I, I enjoy every bit of it. It is very frustrating. 
and I throw my controller all the time. Is it hard so, to appreciate your roots when you're fighting root vegetables? Yes. <laughs> really the first I boss. I definitely look at flowers and birds a different way now. <laughs> you hate all of them. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, yeah. That's but, awesome. Yeah, it's, yeah, I love it. It's just, you know, you go to work and it's always something new, which I enjoy. So That's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, my dudes, my dudettes, any uh, any closing thoughts or comments on just life? I love it, man. I love that life. What's your <laughs> gaming legacy? What do you? I mean, I know what you're playing now, but what do you typically like? If someone was to ask you, you know, pre Assassin's Creed Origins, <laughs> there's nothing. Like, what you say nothing. <laughs> what kind of <laughs> that life? I don't want to hear it. What kind of game? Like, if you were to say, like, oh, I play these kind of games, or I like these kind of games. Do you have an answer for that? If you don't, it's fine. But, you know, we are judging you. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're three no or pressure. four judges in here. Uh, before Assassin's Creed Origins, I was really into Fallout 4. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> go, go a little bit further back. This is a different conversation. Where do you stand it, on like, so Fallout 4? Is like the no. first game you've no. really played? I've just been getting like recently into video games just okay. because like okay. before this before this I didn't really, you know, have money to get my own video games and sure. stuff like that. So So what do you cool, think though. about Chrono Trigger, a game that obviously came out when you were <laughs> young and you love it and it's uh, on a modern console. So so what was the first game you picked up? Oh my gosh. Um physically picked up. Fig- yeah. Oh, you have to lift it, it was, and then you put uh, down. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, actually. Oh, okay. Nice. Oh, yes. Yeah. Which system? The red-headed stepchild PC. of Tony Hawk. Uh, <laughs> PC? Mm-hmm. Okay, there's PC. Nintendo oh, wow. 64, Dreamcast, PlayStation, Gamecast. PC? My dad, which he taught both of you, uh, is your dad is, a, your dad is Mr. B? <laughs> he is a Mavis Beacon <laughs> teacher's typing Mr. machine. <laughs> then I will believe that he taught me. I do know who he is. He's a very nice gentleman. <laughs> So, so Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 was the first game you picked up. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Nice. So um, to Eric's question, though, what have you, like, what's sort of like the lineage? Like, what games do you gravitate towards? What do you like? Well, she, she answered. She said she, you're just kind of getting into video games now. But, so but yeah. if you had to choose a genre that you like. Oh, I have no idea. And you have to tell us honestly. Okay? I, no, and every yeah, single right person now, is going to judge you to death. And if you don't like the I, I genre, I feel it. I feel it right now. flamingos. <laughs> did you put that in the description last week? He did. I put okay. it in the title last week. And then did you put it in like the end where uh, it hurts that guy like, afterwards after that guy? No, because I didn't we know need, where it was. We need more sound bites. You got to do that. I don't know how to find them. No, it's just like anything that looks good, to be honest. Like, I'm not really into like genres or anything like that. But if I see just a trailer or anything like that, I'm just like, all right, that looks cool. And then I just play it. See the Blade Chronicles 2. <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> so, how do you feel about Mass Effect Andromeda? Dude <laughs> loves it. Do they, pay, <laughs> do they pay you to play that yet, or is it you still have to p- buy it to play? It's like a $1. <laughs> $1. <laughs> 99 yeah. cents. <laughs> Poor Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah, they tried. Actually, they didn't try. But <laughs> <laughs> they just—they had the EA effects. The yeah. EA effect, man. They got frostbite. They needed more loot boxes. Okay, there wasn't <laughs> enough of them. More loot boxes would have helped them. Yeah. Uh, so, Ashland, do you have any questions for us before we sign off tonight? 
Why are you guys so rad? Sorry, that was actually <laughs> uh, uh, I, I don't well, even know how to answer. Well, bros, let me be the first to answer <laughs> about why I'm so rad with the law. I'm like upstanding <laughs> citizen, dude. I didn't even talk about the law today. <laughs> this guy's always law all the time, man. I just want to know like how long you guys have been playing video games. Start with Donna because he's been playing the newest. Today's my first day. Wow, first day on the job. Be playing a lot today. You ever seen that Simpsons where Homer keeps using that as an excuse? It's my first day. And then where he gets in trouble at the plant, and then Mr. Burns is like mad at him, and he goes, "But it's my first day." And he goes, "Oh, it's your first day." Kaboom! Like that. Oh, that's a good one. I've been playing games since I was like four. Yeah, yeah, I'd say about five. Yeah, three, maybe even yeah. three, because I used to watch my dad play Zelda. You know, he's one up, he, mm. maybe four for me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, three yeah. or four, and then I think I started playing games by myself when I was probably around four. Yeah, I want to say it was ninety-one or ninety-two because I remember I got into gaming ninety-two <laughs> years old. Uh, ninety-one or ninety-two because I remember getting a Super Nintendo, but it was already it had already been out a year. Mm. So I got with Donkey Kong Country. Um, and it was it was awesome. I but. remember the Christmas I got Donkey Kong Country. Oh, that was a good man. one. I, yeah, I really I remember that. I remember because my my mom and dad had a regular Nintendo, so I watched a lot of Zelda. I was really into Zelda when I was a kid. Um, and I got in trouble for taking kitchen knives and stabbing the couch once. Because <laughs> I, I'll never forget Looking that. Looking for rupees. Because yeah. <laughs> didn't your dad say, like, I am so mad at you? Oh, <laughs> no, I think that was the same thing, yeah. And I used to, like, because if you look at, if you're a kid and you look at what Link wears, I thought, like, oh, he just wears a shirt and no underwear. <laughs> so I was like, I would like, wear. I would, like, wear a long shirt and a belt and then, like, you know, kind of have fun. But, um, but then Secret of Mana and Final Fantasy Two, which is actually four, were like games I really got into when I was like four and five. And it was sweet. Yeah, he used to rent those at Videotron every day. Videotron, nice. Yep. Josh, when did you start playing games? My first con- uh, when I was six. My first console was More about Sega me, Genesis. though. <laughs> <laughs> That's like five now, I mean. <laughs> uh, we were at seven a few minutes ago. That's like uh, nine. So, yeah, it was a Sega Genesis. Brian, where are you going? <laughs> I played Sonic, uh, Sonic and Knuckles and The Lion King. I mean, oh Nonic and Suckles. The yeah. lines. Yeah. I remember the like, the the Disney like Super Nintendo Sega games. Those were like games that all the kids I would have sleepovers at had, but I would never buy. <laughs> so I remember like playing Aladdin at a friend's house and the Lion King at a friend's house. And they, they, were, they actually were really really hard. The, the best, really hard. They were all right. The best one was Mickey uh, Mickey's Magical Quest. Easily the one with the really cool art where like Pete. Is like a knight and oh, kidnaps. Yeah, I'm talking about the one with yeah. Mickey and Donald, right? The co-op game. No, no. Okay. Mickey's Magical Quest too. is the one where you like go on the vines and you have the magical powers and stuff. We played that really one. You're not, my you're yeah. not talking about the one with the Steamboat Willie and her. No, that's, that's Mickey Mania. Yeah, okay, that one's both, good. I had that one. Yeah, those Epic are cool. Mickey, right? No, Epic no, Mickey is the newer Mickey's game. Mickey's the one with Oswald the Rabbit. That could have been cool, but I think it. They blew it. Yeah. So you were six, Josh. I was six, and I had Sonic and Knuckles and The Lion King, and I got to play 30 minutes a day. That's yeah. Um, that's healthy. Stuff. Hey, you know. Uh, my first game was Super Mario um, World for Super Nintendo, and I was in. I was four years old, and my parents were staying at a Laughlin Casino, and they went out all night and gambled. And me and my grandma stayed in, and she rented me a Super Nintendo console, and I played it till three in the morning, and no one showed up. Like my parents never came home, so I was just like, ever. Man. 
F- not even. <laughs> they <laughs> packed their bags. They <laughs> so just to make you guys feel old, you've been playing video games since I've been born. I was born wow. in 91. Oh, uh, we're actually very young. 16-year-old uh, <laughs> year. I just <laughs> randomly played I, I turned 30 this year. Mm. We were young when we it's played. Really <laughs> <laughs> well, what you just admitted that you're turning thirty this year? I think that was actually Donna. I the am a sixteen-year-old boy, up, so <laughs> I don't think I'll ever admit that. I turned thirty next year. Okay, so whatever. That was probably another guy that ran to the room and said that. <laughs> That's my cat Timber. Brian is standing up for fun. I named, I named my just cat for fun, Timber. I just like standing up for fun. Just real quick, I named my cat Timber after the Diddy Kong race. Racing character, the tiger, After the Timberland song, <laughs> Timberland song. <laughs> with Kesha. Yeah, Timber. Kesha. Yeah, actually, it's not Timberland. It's it's um, like that's a brand of shoe. Right? It's Pitbull and Kesha. Pitbull. Pitbull. Kesha. I'm going Sorry, Diana. Yeah. I'm going Timber. <laughs> I don't know the oh, song. Man. Number one song. That song. <laughs> cool. In the world. Round. I love that song. All right, hey, my dudes. Discord cat. My dudettes. I think we're gonna we're gonna sign off. I think we're done. I think we're done for the dudes. Night. We're gonna like totally sign off right now. It's gonna be a legal document. You gotta sign <laughs> it. <laughs> You give our signature, bro. Trust me, you do not want me to bring this up in court, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, terraform Mars. Oh, yeah. That's uh, to us people that can feel things, it, it, uh, it hurts.